0: by Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Crossroads Sports Radio. It is episode number 78. It is Wednesday. I'm joined by my man, man, Jonathan Birdsong.
1: JB, how are you? Man, Brandon Reed feels so good to be back. Yeah,
0: it seems like it's been too long, hasn't
1: it? Man, yeah, it has. Yeah, it has.
0: Too long for the people. Yeah. Too long for the people. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: I may sound a little congested tonight. I played some golf today and got into something with an aller- uh, allergic reaction. So I have, my allergies are kicking up right now. So oh, man. playing through. Awesome. Flu game for me. Uh, oh, Wow. <laughs> Big show tonight. We're gonna to talk NBA finals preview. Uh we've got USA versus yep. Canada. Some of them have, have duped it. So uh if you don't go for Team USA, then you need to get out of the country. But USA versus oh, Canada, man. we've got an Indy five hundred recap. We've got some quick hitters from over the weekend that's happened. I've got a uh a power rankings for Jonathan spur of the moment that, uh, we're going to put him on the spot for and grill him. And he's got to um. rank these four, uh, which one is the best. And then we also have an interview with a uh, former player at Louisville university, former IUPUI head coach and current boys basketball coach at Brubuff high school. Todd Howard will be joining us at 7:15 uh, for our show this evening. So big show ahead. So how was your week, uh, this past week, JB?
1: Uh, you know Memorial Day uh, weekend, pretty good. Uh, always good to get some burgers in you. If that's your thing, or some ribs, or baked beans, and you know, you know, good good grilling food. Uh, chilling with the family. Um, that's pretty much what I did, dude. Honestly,
0: nice, very nice. Uh, yeah, I actually got a couple a couple days off after the all the five hundred festivities were over, which was uh, always good to have. So, uh, yeah, it was stormy weather, but good weather. Prayers for everybody up in Pendleton. In Pendleton, Indiana, just right. north of here in Indianapolis got hit with some tornadoes, so uh hopefully everything will get better with them and it's just been a wacky wacky weather across the country here this past uh this past year. So anyways, yeah. uh let's get to the NBA. Uh we can either give the preview or do you want my rankings from you? Which do you prefer? Oh
1: man, the the NBA give me give me uh Give me give me the rankings. Okay. Like hard stuff first.
0: So hard stuff for our early listeners, Jonathan. I'm going to give you four duos, and that have uh, not won an NBA title ever. I want you to rank the best duos to never win an NBA title. Here are your four. Okay. Penny Hardaway and Shaq. Mm-hmm. Amari Stoudemire, Steve Nash, Car Malone <laughs> and John Stockton, Kevin Durant Man. and Russell
1: Westbrook. <laughs> How about that? That's four
0: solid duos. That's not one an NBA title.
1: Right. Well, the, the thing about the Atlanta Magic is that I'm going to eliminate them from being number one. is because they actually made the finals. Right? Could okay. they... Wow. Could they have gotten back had, you know, different things had it worked out, you know what I'm saying? Maybe. They had a they had a team full of lottery picks, you know what I'm saying? This is before teams was tanking, you know what I mean? But uh I'm gonna have to eliminate them from being I'm about to put them probably third. Um but number one would definitely have to be Carmelo Malone and John Stockton. <laughs> um, just because they made it to the finals back to back. They were they were they actually had a this is before, you know, everybody called Tim Duncan, uh, big fundamentals, right? They were the fundamental uh-huh. team. Jerry Sloan, they were the hard nosed fundamental team. Back cuts, you know, uh, run pick and roll. John Stockton, perfect jumper. Uh, Jeff Hornacek, perfect jumper. Uh, the centers, the bigs that they had. Uh, Ulster tag, they knew they all knew their roles. And you know, Carmelo played at an MVP caliber level. Hell, he won it. I can't don't don't quote me on what year he won it, but he won MVP or two. I do believe. So. That team just ran into Michael Jordan twice.
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and
1: then, and then you know what, Brandon? You know my philosophy. Once Magic, uh, once Magic Johnson and Larry Bird were gone, that kind of left the league. It, it left the league. Left the torch. You know what I'm saying? The torch was kind of was passed. I mean, the torch was up there, and Michael Jordan just kind of ran with it to where there were still great players, as we all know, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing. You know, what I'm saying Gary Payton, so on and so forth. But uh, I think the best duo. Would be the, the, for sure the Carmelone 'cause because it's hard just to get to the final to make it back to back and still, you know, still it's no shame in losing to Michael Jordan. There's not now, you still lost, but there's no shame in losing to Michael Jordan. Uh, and then round out four, I would say Kevin Durant and and Restbrook would be the fifth. They kind of they had a they had a they had fifth. Kind of I've only had four teams. teams. I'm sorry, fourth. I'm sorry, 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 sorry fourth. <laughs> but i was, wow. they had they had a team full of they had they had a team full of uh, teams full of super talented guys they were all kind of young and because of the way the salary cap and all that worked out and panned out they didn't you know the organization didn't necessarily have, didn't necessarily know like how big the things were going how 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 it was gonna inflate or and and help them keep the keep their parts together they might have also play overpaid for guys they shouldn't have paid, paid for or paid you know perkins what comes to mind when that, when i think about that roster moves um you gotta find those. You know, what I'm saying for 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 that Oklahoma City Thunder team, you gotta find those like most championship teams. If you think about it, unless you're the Golden State Warriors, right, and somebody takes a take a large take cut to, to come, you know, what I'm saying to, become, to come to join a super team. Like most championship teams have three uh, players, elite all star players, right? Um, that and they like like I said, I don't think Oklahoma you just kind of knew they didn't know who who to keep and who to who to let kind of let go. And unfortunately they they let everybody go except for Westbrook.
2: So I would put yeah.
1: I would put them for Orlando's third. Uh, the second one, man, I do I cannot do you know what? Before we saw, before the world saw what the what the Gold State Warriors and to a degree what the Houston Rockets do as far as scoring, as far as shooting, as far as passing, as far as, like, you know, basketball within the the 100 points. That was, you know, that was the Phoenix Suns with Amar Stoudemire and Steve Nash. Uh, Steve Nash is also a two-time MVP guy, whether some people think Kobe should have won it or not. But, you know, and again, you know, with that team, they ran into the San Antonio Spurs. No shame they didn't win. But there's no shame in losing to the Spurs at all because, you know what I'm saying, the greatest power 4 you, you're facing the greatest power four of all time. And then they, and then you're probably one of the top mm, six, five, five or six coaches of all time as well. So, you you know what I'm saying, as Ric Flair, used to say you better be on your best day, brother, to beat, to beat the horse in the same way. Same thing applies for the San Antonio Spurs during that time. Um, but like I said, they put up some amazing numbers. Uh, Amari Stoudemire was probably – the second or third best power forward at that time, regardless of what anybody can think about Kevin Durant, regardless of what you think about Dirk Nowitzki. I know, I know, there's a lot. Of, I said, I said, second or third. Tim Duncan was number one, but Ammar <laughs> Stoudemire, Stoudemire, You know what I'm saying? Before the injuries kind of took his toll on his knees, because he, I think he's pretty sure he had micro micro surgery on both knees. Yeah, and he, he had did. knee problems coming. He, he had he had knee problems coming into coming into the league. So his 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 window of opportunity for being great was already going to be shortened as it is. But man, they put up, and, and they had some, they had some other good parts around them. But, but, but they were the two, like I said, Nash and Stoudemire were the two main, uh, they were the two main dreams made that go. Which kind of made, it always made my head scratch, uh, or itch, or itch. <laughs> scratch, is the action, itch is, is what happened, right? It always made my head itch <laughs> when Mark Stoudemire went to the Knicks because there, there was no, there was no, there was no guy like Steve Nash to get you the ball. You went to, we, you went to go play with a ball stopper in Carmelo, so like Carmelo Anthony, I know we I'm flipping flopping now, you can, they're probably like number ten on this on this list that we we go to ten, right Carmelo Anthony and Amari Marsh for what the Knicks paid for him like and there was a hype about him for them but like they, they their their styles of basketball doesn't complement Carmelo Anthony at that time needed a rebounder like Ben Wallace or you know what I'm saying to a, you know somebody like that that can you know what I'm saying play defense and and block and block out the paint for you he had they they playing with a marsh he needs the ball just as much as Carmelo does. You know, a choir. so, um, but a pretty pretty good list, man. Like I said, I would put Carl Malone. They were great. They were a great basketball team. Carl uh, Malone and John Stockton, and and, and 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 like I said, the coach to uh, Jerry Sloan. So it's unfortunate that they didn't win a title because they were good enough to to like I said, get through all those teams out west and to get to and to you know push Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls to at least six, I do believe. But they just didn't have okay. Like you, said, I mean, to beat Michael Jordan, man. You got you got to be on your very best day four four times, and nobody outside of Larry Bird and Matt Johnson. Well, I'm sorry, nobody nobody has ever beat nobody beat him in the '90s, right? In the finals, nobody. Correct. Okay. I
0: was. Uh, I I got my own rankings with it. I've got Penny and Shaq at number four. Uh, okay. If I'm looking, like I said, if I'm looking at duos. And the talent that they have, their their hardware, their pedigree of what they've accomplished and what they should have accomplished for what their pedigree looks like, they are number four on my list. Number three, I have Amari and Steve Nash. Uh, like you said, those two were very dominant when they were in Phoenix together. Should they have probably won a title together? No, I don't think. I, I don't think they're the best that should have won a title. Like Dan, I, I don't look at those two guys and say, you know what, those guys should have won a title together. Um, right because of the number of pe- the pieces that needed to be around them and kind of what the Western conference was back when, uh, back when they were playing on the same team there. Number two, I'm going to go Carl Malone and John Stockton. Uh, yes. They're both hall of famers. Yes. They're both on the dream team and you know, the pick and roll, we always say Stockton and Malone. Uh, yeah. The two times they were there, they ran into, uh, you know, Michael Jordan and the, and the Chicago bulls, but I'm going to look at Durant and Westbrook as my number one. Why? Because just the sheer talent of Wessel Westbrook and the sheer talent of Kevin Durant, both of mm-hmm. those together, they, I mean, if they would have beat LeBron in the Heat in the NBA Finals, uh, you know, what could have been with, you know, adding James Harden there? But I'm going to look at, I guess, Kevin Durant and Wessel Westbrook versus Stockton and Malone head to head. I'm gonna go with I guess Durant and and uh and Westbrook. I feel like those two have the pedigree that you know what, in the end I think their stats are gonna line up with if not better than both of the other two, Stockton and Malone's okay. I and mean, then that might ruffle some feathers. But I feel like with the what this end the when their careers are over, their careers and stats are gonna be better than what Stockton and Malone was, and which is why I would rank them higher than Stockton and Malone yeah. as a duo that did not make it. doesn't mean they may not team yeah. back up at some point ever, but.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, yeah, that's what I would do. I would do uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook as my top okay. duo that did not win an NBA title together. I just thought that'd be hmm. something neat to kind of go through. I just sat there back the other day and I was like, let me get some squads that never won a title together. Yeah, I could throw Reggie neat. and Rick in there, but, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> <It's> already... <laughs> yeah. Uh Yeah. All right. NBA Finals. Golden State Warriors versus Toronto Raptors. Team USA versus Team Canada. Can Toronto oh. win the na- NBA title for the entire country of Canada? Of Canada. Uh, of Canada, who is definitely a hockey, uh, hockey con uh, A, a hockey
1: nation, right.
0: Exactly. So <laughs> we're looking here. Uh, first, let's sit on the Warriors side they've had about a 10 days off for rest for tomorrow. Kevin Durant out for game one, for sure. Maybe game mm-hmm. two, but he is traveling. Um, I, the, and and it's, I didn't realize till I looked at the the series, the series actually starts in Toronto. So Toronto, right. this entire series, uh, right. the Warriors are plus one tomorrow night, the underdog. I'm going to take the Warriors. Um, I just think with even without Durant, they can beat the Raptors. The Raptors have had to win games that skid their teeth. Kawhi Leonard's had to have a he's had to have a hell of a playoff series or a uh, whole playoff run to keep them in it. Kyle right. Lowry's so up and down. He's had big games. He's got an injury. Pal or Marcus Sall's had to had to step up in certain areas while the Warriors just kinda have skated, you know? And they may have a little bit of rust coming into tomorrow night's game, and it may take a third-quarter three-point barrage from Clay and Steph and Draymond and who not to hit some threes to get that crowd fire up at Oracle with the last – or not Mm -hmm. Oracle, but uh, up in Canada. But uh, looking at it, I just think the Warriors are going to win this game tomorrow. I think they're going to win the series. Without Durant, it's going to be 4-2 Warriors with Durant plays at all. It'll be four-one Warriors. I feel, um, and yeah, I'm gonna give it. To, I'll give it to Toronto. The fact that they made the Bucks lose four straight games, and they 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 mm-hmm. exposed Giannis, and yep. I think that hurt hurts Giannis for his playoff uh, or for his MVP award um, for his for the season, the way he performed there in that game. Um, final thing I have on this before we'll go to you. If I have to go with a current playoff MVP right now of the playoffs, if they ask for a vote vote right now, I would definitely go Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi Leonard's meant more to his team this playoff so far than Steph Curry. Now, Steph Curry is a very, very close second here. Now, obviously, between these two, whoever wins the finals, they're going to get my – they'll be the overall vote. But right now, I think Kawhi Leonard means more to his team currently than what Steph Curry does with the Warriors. And with that, sir, Kawhi- I will go to you for your preview on this. <laughs> we
1: we must remember, though, that Toronto was still a good team last year, and the year prior to that. So it's not like it's not like you know what I'm saying Kawhi Leonard is, is is playing with less. You know, what I'm saying also rans But the thing about it is, he he and, and maybe Gasol are the are the you know what I'm saying the are different faces from last year. So yeah. And he's he elevated his game to where not even I don't think San Antonio I, I gotta think San Antonio's kind of kicking themselves from what they got back in the trade. I need to look at it and see if they got any future considerations because if they didn't, they really did get worked, which 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 is usually not something in you know saying San Antonio Spurs is, is, is in the custom of doing. Right. But with all that being said, I kind of agree with I I, don't, I wholeheartedly agree with you what you're saying emotionally. And from this, just like sheer play, yeah, Kawhi Leonard is the playoff MVP, man. Like, dude, from the from the three bounce, four bounce, whatever that was, to eliminate Philadelphia to to, you know, uh basically making sure the Bucks after, you know, saying they they, they you know the, the, the coaching staff and the and the team executed and had a how to, you know what I'm saying, uh, keep Giannis at bay and keep the team, you know what I'm saying, from excelling. Um, yeah. Toronto Raptors i i don't I definitely don't see him getting swept not at all, not at all um they're too good they they are playing uh like uh, Van Fleet, he's playing for a purpose you know what I'm saying this got a new born baby he's playing with a purpose, probably a contract too right in the back of his mind and um you kinda you kind of gotta buy into uh what they can do because you know nick like i said i i am uh got criticized early this week because i was i said you know what I'm saying dwayne Casey. You know, I don't think he's a bad coach, but Nick Nurse is kind of like he has buy-in. He has more buy-in with this team. Yes, there, yes, yes. Did Dwayne Casey have Kawhi Leonard? No, but he had a good enough team that should have beat Cleveland, you know, as people. But that's kind of the, that's the, that's the specialness of LeBron, which, you know what I'm saying, I didn't mean to, you know, I didn't mean to throw LeBron into the playoff conversation since he, you know, <laughs> uh, he's gone fishing. But, but, uh, but in all seriousness, man, like Kawhi Leonard is playing with a lot of emotion and a, and a lot of passion, and he's hitting shots, and he's playing defense. And he's passing, which is something he's been criticized as not being a great passer of the ball, uh, and again, it's setting teammates up or whatever. But um, you kind of got to take at least think that they can at least win two games um, against the Warriors. So I, I go with, of course, go, I'm going with Golden State Warriors because you know what they rest or no? I don't think they're going. I don't think they going to come and rest at all. I think they, I think they know that they are on a. They're going to do something special It hasn't been done. Well, it maybe has been done, but it ain't been done in the modern era of basketball, right? So right. I think they'll be ready. I think they'll be ready tomorrow. Uh, I, I, I expect a, Tomorrow I expect a close game, though. I really do. But uh, And then after that, lucky for the Toronto Raptors, the, the, the series don't go 2-3-2 two, two anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cause they absolutely. Get, they never not get, weekend, they get back to Toronto uh, after the game, too. So I, I go Warriors in six.
0: Okay. Uh so we're both on the Warriors. 5 5 for me if Durant plays, 6 if he doesn't. Uh at all in this series. I just mm-hmm. and I'm tired of Drake. I uh, thank God the NBA said something to the Toronto Raptors and said, "Hey, Drake <laughs> needs to calm down his antics on the sidelines." It's too much because if it was us, we'd be arrested and kicked out and all this and just because he's a celebrity, it, 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 he it gets takes a pass. Away
1: from the game. Yeah. Yeah, how many times
0: does TNT I laugh, flip, I,
1: I laugh at flip to Netflix. him? I laugh at them, but it takes away from the game. Like it's like, dude, we want we're here to watch them, not to watch you. You have a venue where we can watch you, and if, you know, you know what I mean, At a stage where we can watch you. We, I mean, right. I get it though. If I was super rich, maybe I'd do it too. I don't know, but I doubt it.
0: So my my question <laughs> is then, who does who does ESPN show more of this NBA Finals, Drake or Steph's parents? Because Mama, Mama Curry <laughs> always gets on there. So
1: Mama Curry, Mama Curry, Mama Curry's, Jesus, can I say milk? I'll say it anyway. Mama Curry is milk. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, enough, uh, they'll probably show, they'll probably showcase Drake. And if he, I hope he doesn't make that, the wrong decision into getting a jaw jacking conversation with Draymond. Well, you know he's going
0: to. I was about to bring that Man, up.
1: Those are the wrong people. Draymond Green, and Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson are the wrong guys to be jaw jacking with. They are. They are too skilled. They, they, they like Brandon. Think about it. When they wake up, that's when they become special. When people oh, yeah. doubt them the most, or when people criticize, that's when they become the most. When they say, "Oh man, this is," you know, they they hear it. they like you know, <laughs> I'm because like, I'm asking social with this about social media. They listen to social media just as much as me and you do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They listen to the radio and ESPN and, and the Fox. You know sports. Not to shout out anybody else, they, they, people need to be listening to Crossroads <laughs> podcasts. But you know they listen. They listen to. They listen to all the noise. And instead of like kind of going back, as some players do, when I, I kind of want to get into that too at some point tonight. Instead of going back in a Twitter battle or calling out Skip Bayless or getting mad at you know whomever, they just they just go out on the court and and kick butt. So yeah, I Drake don't don't you learn from Spike. Learn from Spike. <laughs> you don't want to wake up a sleeping bear, and that's what potentially the Golden State Warriors, you want the Golden State Warriors to play like they normally play very casual. They, you want the Golden State Warriors to play very casual so that your team can still be in it because ain't no lead safe. There's some analytics about you got to be up 30 points, 29 points, I think it's 29 points in the fourth quarter or the third, at the end of the third quarter to beat the Golden State Warriors because they have that much firepower. And much come, you know, they can come back on you. If you if you got a seventeen point lead, man, that's like a seven point lead to them. They're gonna if you got a seven point lead, that might as well be a two point lead. They can score at will from I, from different positions. It ain't just I mean, he's the, he's he's the one that thinks. He, I mean, he, uh, Steph Curry makes it, everything go, but he ain't the only one that can do his thing. You right. know, so yeah, Drake better learn from the past and keep his mouth shut. <laughs> I was. <would say. laughs>
0: Yeah, that's gonna be uh that's gonna be a battle. I think they've gotten into it before. Uh I think during the regular season when they've been up there Draymond chirping. Uh I mean Draymond's chirping on Instagram. Bronny James has been on Instagram for two days. He already says, I'm gonna be at your ass this summer. So <laughs> I mean
2: <laughs> you've got that
0: going on, you've got uh you got speaking of Bronny James, uh Instagram for two days and he's already got a crazy video that pops up. Uh, with him while yeah. now, which dude, dude. I'm hearing yeah. now that uh, there is a certain company that has received a cease and desist order for posting it, but they didn't post it themselves. It was reposted from somebody. It leaked out. Uh, apparently, it was on uh, one of Bronny's Snapchats, and they saved it and recorded it and then uh, put it out there. Uh, but, oh, Bronny, come on, buddy. Be like your dad. Stay out of right. the media spotlight like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Be classy, bro. Be classy. And if somebody so. hurt you. Like you, you your last name is James. I don't know of anybody that can hurt a James. Like, like the, <laughs> the, the the pool, the pool and cash, and the influence that your father got, that you will someday inherit. And like, and he as his as a basketball player, like dude, I wouldn't care who pissed me out Sorry, who upset me? You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. A, I know he's a kid. Well, you, you know, know. That's, that's, how, that's how youth interact with social media nowadays, though. So I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not making yeah. a. You know, I'm not making an acceptance of it. I'm just saying that he should be smarter about it because he he is a somebody, and it that'll get retweeted and retold, and it'll grow legs if it. You know, what I'm saying if necessary, and it shouldn't. It should be something that shouldn't should have been right there and there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um... Latest news, the Rock- Houston Rockets are actually pursuing Ty Lue for an assistant position. Uh, the Rockets, oh, okay. Daryl Daryl uh, Morway also said today that um, they are exploring possibly blowing up the team uh, to try to find some pieces. They are willing to trade their d- draft picks. Uh, everybody is on the table except for James Harden. Uh, so you got to think what's that going to mean for Chris Paul? Uh, here's my thing. They've got three guys under a crap ton of money and they're in trouble because that, those three guys over are 70 million. (laughs) Uh, and they, you know, they only leaves them with 10, 12, 13 cap. So you got it. I think it's Harden. I think it's, uh, Paul. And then I believe it's Capella. Yeah. Capella because, and then,
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And then, um, you know, Eric Gordon, uh, his cap space,
1: well, I, I mean, you, he can't I, be that much. I know, I know, I know. Well, it is pretend it would be what you get back if you traded Eric Gordon. I know a lot of teams, Pacers, would take Eric Gordon. You know, what I'm saying, uh, regardless of what his contract says, because I don't think it's, I don't think his contract. I do He's not into a he's not into a five year deal. You know, i not fresh into it. He's probably two years into into his whatever deal he signed with when he came on board with them. Uh, I mean, I don't know.
0: Eric's got one, one year left at 14 mil. Oh. Uh,
1: Oh, dude, he's traded. <laughs> so and, and this is what your salary
0: right is this year. So if you're Daryl Morway, here's what you've got: Chris Paul, thirty-four year old Chris Paul, thirty-eight million dollars. James Harden, thirty-seven million dollars. Clint Capella, sixteen million dollars. Eric Gordon, fourteen mil. And then the next player you have is P.J. Tucker at eight. Uh, Nene, three mil. And then some Man, Hardenstein. A
1: Right, There's a deal out there because I guarantee you, Utah doesn't want to pay Rudy Gobert a Supermax. They don't. Why not? If you ask Rudy Gobert a Supermax, dude, oh, my God, there's no way. There's no way if I'm the general manager, I'm paying Rudy Gobert a Supermax contract of $262 million. I'm not saying that guy didn't earn it or he's, you know what I'm saying, I get it to the market, blah, 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 blah. But $262 million, is he a star? Or he's the, or he's just a starter. Starter. He's a the starter. They can get, they can look like an all-star. And I get Utah cannot. See, this is slippery slope with the, a free agency go, Brandon. So like, to so Utah say, hey man, we'll trade Rudy Gobert right now for Quint Capella. I don't think I think that's yeah. You know what I'm saying, or something, something, to the, something of that nature. Uh-huh. But like then, then, then Utah who can't get anybody to come. You know what I'm saying? They had to draft one where they had a smart draft, and you know what I'm saying? Look at the international players and all that. They can't get LeBron James to come play for them. They can't get well, Kevin Durant well,
0: to come play for them. Well, John, they don't have to worry about that in Utah for a while because Rudy Gobert is under contract through 2021. He just signed a four year, $102 million extension in 2016.
1: But I thought he was available, so I thought it was not I, until. I
0: yeah, not until this contract is up in twenty 2020, twenty, twenty twenty one. So they got two more years with Gobert.
1: Man. I'm looking at as as a no. <laughs> they they twenty sixteen,
0: back when he was not not a nobody, but he wasn't as good as he is now, they did a four year right. hundred and two million dollar extension.
1: <laughs> wow. Well so he might and that I'm saying that team's deal, open there's a deal that, there's a deal out there. There's a deal out there because I, I know I've, I've said about Wiggins up in the, up in the, with the T-Wolves, they can't be happy with his production for what they're paying for him. And maybe a different coach, a different system, might show him the little, you know what I mean? It might, he might be kind he might show better stats. I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing a name out there. I'm not saying Wiggins is going to, you know what I'm saying? It's going to Houston in some type of blockbuster deal. But there's deals out there to be made. Uh, Trey Lyles. Who still plays for Denver? If you blink, well, did he even, did he get it? Did he get off the bench during that series? Barely any, a lot, barely. Right. So again, a guy who was super talented coming out of high school, right, and coming out and doing his, his one and done in, in Kentucky. So again, can somebody? He kind of fell out of favor, out of rotation for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Uh, can will somebody trade for him? Can he add value to what Houston kind of needs? Houston needs more. You know, more talented players to surround with James Harden. So there's deals right. out there. To be, in my personal opinion, there's deals out there to be made. To people and, and I think general managers. You know, what's name took it? The the general manager of Toronto. He took a risk. He took a risk by trading DeRozan. DeRozan was on the contract. Absolutely. for Absolutely. Like Kawhi Leonard. It's like it's it, it. You know, he had to go into his ownership and like yo, know, his finals are buzzing. He had to know that they was going to at least make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And now right. look where they're at. He's, he's gonna get a. I mean, whether I hope he stays from my Kawhi Leonard, I hope he stays. Cause like now this this should be an emo like I, that dude's like Mister No Emotion, right? <laughs> but <laughs> this should be an emotional tug with him in that city, in that country. But by, you know what I'm saying for goodness sake, that he'll stay with the Toronto Raptors. I know that's crazy. For me to even say it, like you know, I came up when a, in the in the world where there wasn't no Toronto Raptors, and then when, when the Toronto Raptors finally got going, Isaiah Thomas was the general manager, and they had Mighty Mouse, uh, Damon Sotomayor, and Marcus Canby as their uh, as their premier players, and then we all know that all those dudes ended up, you know, staying to the end of their contract, and then they ended up with other teams around the league. And Toronto has been like, you know, not a joke of an organization, but they haven't been taken seriously. Too, right. Now, now, now we taking them. Now we taking them seriously. Even when Vince was there, we didn't take them too seriously, you know. So, no. I hope, like I said, I hope he stays. I hope, I hope he stays. Uh, and... All
0: right. Looking at the contracts, uh, I'm looking at the Warriors' salary contract right now for the Warriors. John, I think there's a way for the Warriors to make it happen oh. and make everybody happy. Because here's my thing: if the Warriors win the NBA title this year. What are the yeah. odds that Andre Iguodala will, would come back next year? Because he's under contract for next year, but you're mm-hmm. going to be 36. You've won another title. That's $18 million that they you, they have to pay you. Do you think the Warriors management would say, hey, man, it's been a good run. You're getting up there in age. You've got so much you can do with ESPN on TV or TNT. You've shown that you're good at that. We would love you to retire as a warrior. Can you just Give us that eighteen back, I guess you say, and we can put that towards a Clay Thompson and a Boogie Cousins contract. Uh, Or oh my, (laughs) I mean they they want to keep Boogie. You never know, but I mean you got like Steph Curry making forty million dollars next season. You hear that four zero? Uh, He steps up. Kevin Durant
1: steps up Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's
0: got a player option for thirty one and a half million. Dude. Draymond's gonna make eighteen. Iguadala seventeen. Uh and then you got poor Clay making eighteen million this year. What's he gonna <laughs> do for next year?
2: <laughs> right.
0: So um, I I think there's it, a way uh, with Iguadala. I would ask him to retire. We'll retire you as a warrior. You've had a great run with this. You're thirty six years old. You're on the backside of your contract. You you're having injuries. Let us expand. We'll give you a role in the team. I don't care. Be a coach, be an advisor, but we need to use that eighteen hmm. million towards our new team for next year.
1: Yeah, that eighteen million ain't gonna get them what they really need. And what, how I look at the Golden State Warriors, like very top heavy with uh, with scores and technical leaders. I think I think I think it, I think if you put Klay Thompson on a different team, he's a he's a leader. You know what I'm saying? He's a leader. He's a he's a leader of that team. He just he just doesn't get the opportunities because you know he's kind of playing third banana right now, right? But right. they, the Golden State Warriors, need to go back to what made them in this depth. So they 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 gave up their depth when they when they brought on Durant, and that's that's what I and like and dude, everybody you know saying all the talking heads, me and you included, and even the NBA guys said you know he's out of there and the team is you know the team is a little different. So I, like I said, dude, like take his thirty one million, like you know we we throwing around eagle like, dollars money. He might he might retire you know, or uh, just, just on his own, maybe not because of team action too, but take his, take, okay, put both of their money together. The $18 million and $31 million, they're going to pay Durant because, again, I don't know why Durant, if the Knicks offer you $200 million or even the Pacers, God, God bless them, if offer him a short-term deal for, you know what I'm saying, $90 million for two years or something crazy or $90 million for three years something crazy, it ain't going to be $90 for three years. Three years. He, he wouldn't sign it, book two years. He would sign $90 million, right? But even like another team, like the Clippers, come with a, a, a 150 160 million dollars. He, he'd be a fool not to take it. My personal opinion. But the thing about it is, Brandon, I think they can get more young, like to keep it going. Like remember, uh-huh. like, remember, like to keep to keep it going. If you want to keep it going, and like now have to deal that not had to specter of these injuries, or or worrying about like how we gonna to piece together. You know, what I'm saying a roster, if Boobie, I mean that was unprecedented. Cousins cousins went down, and Durant, and they, and we still winning. Then you know, I I would look at it like in the opposite direction. When you know, saying we'll give them the guys their ring ceremony, but we're gonna be looking at maybe Tobias Harris. We're gonna be looking at maybe you know another. I'm trying to think who else is a free agent. I think uh big man. I don't know how he fit with go uh, the Lopez. I don't know how he fit with the Warriors, but like maybe we need to look that way. At a different low, like you're saving more. You know you're you bringing in more players, less money, but you bringing in more talented players. You know, yeah. I'm not saying those guys are equal to Kevin Durant. Now if you put you can rub two sticks together and Tobias Harris and Brook Lopez together, and and you go Kevin Durant. You just couldn't, you know. But they don't necessarily need a whole lot of top heaviness anymore. So, yeah, that's how I look at it.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of looking at the payroll. Some of these teams, Denver's got everybody back. Everybody. They're only losing Trey Lyles and Isaiah Thomas. Uh, so okay. they've, they've got everybody back at least for next year's run to run them back, which is great for the Denver fans. I'm looking at Milwaukee. Right. Um, uh, they've got damn near really? everybody back. Mirchick was a free agent. Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, Chris Middleton's got a player or a player option for thirteen million. You got to think right. that the way he played, he's going to want to make some more. Um, he'll probably go into free agency, I believe, and then the Bucks will sign re-sign him for more money. because um, I don't think they're going to let him go for for what he's done for that team. Uh, really.
2: no, right.
0: Right. And then obviously, Brooke Lopez is in for a monster, monster contract. Uh, he only made $3 million this year. So he's got an opportunity to break the bank as well. Uh, your boy Tony Snell somehow is still making $11 million on that roster.
1: He pulled, the Bulls.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he pulled the Bulls. He pulled the Bulls Absolutely. a couple years
0: ago. <laughs> uh, looking at the how, – how, how bad does DeMar DeRozan feel that – you know they tried so long with him and Lowry to to reach the pinnacle to get up there to the NBA Finals. Yep. They kept running into Lebron yeah, they ship his ass yep. out, and they're in the NBA Finals. How bad does he gotta feel?
1: He he should feel bad enough that he should also know that he's also with a classy organization. I don't know what kind of phone ringing. Uh, Popovich is going to have to make because he has he's in a similar position that Utah and even the Pacers and even you know some some other small market teams are in even though even with their championship history there's not a, I mean they get free agents but they kind of get free agents on the on the lower end of their career you know what I'm saying Rudy Gay uh, Aldrich, you know what I mean we kind of don't we don't we kind of forget they even play there yeah you know what I'm saying sometimes you forget oh San Antonio Spurs come on oh joby has gone Tim Tony Parker gone Tim Duncan gone who's playing on the team yet they still win. But like nobody wants to go to Riverwalk except for our for, except for our homie uh, Chris Artis, right? Nobody, <laughs> wants there, nobody wants to go down there in San Antonio <laughs> except, for, except for our buddy. But um, but from a basketball standpoint, I, he has to be he, he down there. That's the thing, Brandon. Popovich always smart drafts. Always, you'd be a guy, you'd be like, oh my god, who is this kid? They getting from where? And it turns out to be you know uh, somebody. So right. but.
0: Um, but they didn't have anybody DeRozan, on that roster he, this year for it.
1: The Rosen well they, 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 their number one draft pick got hurt uh after Summer League. Um, Lonnie I can't remember, Walker. Guard, I can't, yeah, I can yeah, right. He got hurt after summer league and he there was there's he's he supremely athletic and he kinda he's gonna fit he kinda fits their mold for, for what a player brings uh to the table as far as like guard play and wing play. But um I I the Rosen can be the Rosen can be uh he can be he can be assured he should feel like dude yeah but you're still playing for a championship organization and maybe I don't know maybe behind closed doors I don't know behind closed doors they might be trying to deal him somewhere you know what I mean also you never know that but he should be you know it's, it's fine you're playing for the Spurs and hopefully Popovich got something up his sleeve. But what it, about guess what, Brandon? Everybody everybody got some up their sleeves. Ainge got some up his sleeve. Kerr got some up his sleeve. Everybody's got some up his sleeve for the yeah. summer. I guarantee you.
0: Lamarcus Aldridge, you've been critical of him. Uh, late in this past year, because age getting up there to him. He's thirty three years old. He's got two years left on the contract: twenty six million this year, twenty four next year. Does San? Does San Antonio? I, I believe they do. But does San Antonio run the course with Aldridge, or do they look to package for maybe another draft pick for
1: Aldridge? You, I mean, it's, his number. You, when you tell tell me his number, number's not that big for me to take back in the trade. And if the years aren't that crazy for me to take back in the trade, um, does he still want it type? You know what I'm saying? That would be, that would be my question. Does he still want it? Um, and then the team they was going to, would they be willing to trade off young talent to bring him in? Would he be better than a Brandon Ingram? I'm, I'm always going to put the Lakers out there, right? Would he be better than a Brandon Ingram uh, in the short term? Yes. In the short term, he would be. Uh, but uh, like I said, it's just uh, it's kind of it's kind of what where, you know what what it, it is a want for a team to bring in Lamarcus. I mean, Lamarcus, everybody kind of knows what he can do or what he does. You know, yeah, he's a he's a twenty he's a walk and talk in twenty ten. But you know, we're living in a world with power fours, walk and talk, and get thirty and ten. You know now, so uh, but no, I don't think I, I think I don't think they package him. I think he stays as a spur. Unless he forces something. I know that remember a couple of years ago he was kinda of rumbling about him out, and out. Yeah. Sending back sending back to Portland. <laughs>
0: looking at the uh Oklahoma City Thunder, another roster I'm looking at right now. I mean they've got everybody They're running it back pretty much. The only person they lose really is Raymond Felton and Markeith Morris, uh, which that's is not line. that much money. That's that's <laughs> two point six million. Uh not too much they're gonna lose there, but They've got Westbrook, they've got George, Stephen Adams for another year, two more years, uh, Dennis Schroeder for two years, Andre Robertson for another year, Grant for another two years. Um, where does – and I guess, shit, we're going into NBA offseason right now talking uh, tonight. Uh, where <laughs> does Oklahoma City look now? I mean, they don't, I'm not sure how much cap space we're really going to have. haven't seen it yet, but, I mean, you've got everybody back. You lost on a – I, want to, I don't want to say a fluke three, but not a non-traditional three-pointer to lose another series, yeah. uh, you don't have much cap space. But you only they need don't. to really add one more piece. Uh, I think they may work they out a trade at some point. I don't know if they trade – I mean Patrick Patterson's on – I mean he's 30 years old, but I feel like he's in the league since he was 19. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, the quick fix would be to trade Paul George to the Lakers. Oh! Right? That would be the quick fix. That would be the quick fix to trade Paul, because you would look. You look. Would you be getting back? You would get multiple players back because it's Paul's contract, and maybe even their draft pick. I haven't heard any. I'm not trying to start anything like that. But the quick fix would be to trade Paul. The, the The harder fix, really, is though. The team is still intact. The team is still good. The hard fix is wrangling in Russell Westbrook, and seeing if he can. If a, you know, saying I was saying, if a leopard can change his spot. if he can go from, and, and it's hard for him. it's going to be hard. He's a lead guard. I don't even know if he's a point guard. I don't even put that. Uh, he's a lead guard. He's a point guard, shooting guard, and sometimes he's everything else too. Right, power forward, small forward too. Right, everything but center. You right. know, but he has to change his philosophy of when he's not hitting, when he's not, when the shot ain't going in. Or and, and when he's you know when they got a wall up again he can't and he can't drive he has to trust his teammates more so than he trusts his own game and I don't think because remember there was a time remember the t- past season when he was out and it kind of became Paul's team Paul George we hey listen Indianapolis listeners you got to get it in YouTube Randy because I know you still got you still got heat with <laughs> Paul George. <laughs> paul george paul george is capable of leading the team does he always want to be the leader as 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 great mark Boyle's kind of question about i i would say no i don't think he will i don't think he wants necessarily to necessarily be the leader but he's capable of leading the team right and I, you know so i i think i okay. think uh i think, uh, I, think they're, I think they're a little i think they're a little jammed up with their with, with they they they're going to be a team that is going to be basically the same team we see next year Okay, that'll work. Uh, I'm looking
0: over Minnesota real quick. They got Wiggins, 27 million. Wiggins has got one, two he's got four more years left on his contract. He just resigned. <laughs> Jeff Teague, 19 mil. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, he's got one two he's got five years left on his deal, and he just keeps Very going up, up and up. Uh, yeah, October 11th, 2017, Anthony Wiggins signed a five-year max salary extension. Uh, with with the Timberwolves. So, I don't know what they're going to be uh, doing with Wiggins. That's going to be a little bit tough for them to handle uh, Right there. Looking at some of these other teams, I'll look at Boston, since they're going to be – I mean, they've got Al Horford with an option, player option. They've got Kyrie Irving with a player option. Uh, Baines with a player option. But they've got Gordon Hayward back, Marcus Smart's back, Jason Tatum. uh you know, we already talked about Terry Rozier being a free agent. So it's, and they you got your boy. Well, he was on the two way contract there, but RJ Hunter. Uh, and I think he's in the D League currently mm-hmm. for them. But the Celtics are another squad um, with a lot of a big picture. And it's still not out of the realm that they may go after Anthony Davis.
1: It's not out so. of the realm. They'd have to, they had to package in a trade. It's not out of the realm. They could, They. I bet you, I bet you Boston maybe calls. Houston. Just to call, just to see what we're talking about. Well, for CP? It's possible.
0: He's getting up there, John. I mean, I know him and LeBron, and they all came out of the same class and all that, but uh, CP with his Boston's injury. Take,
1: I mean, you, you think do Boston's I think they take him? You think Boston's happy with Gordon Hayward's contract or his lack of play this year?
0: I think it's just one year. I think you got to give him at least one more year.
1: Okay. You might be right.
0: I think you get one more year because that first year was a wash because of the broken leg. Cuz um,
1: yeah, you're right,
0: cuz of the injury. Yeah, I think you give it one more and then I hate to say it but and then after that, after this next year if it doesn't work out for Boston, not only is Brad leave, but I think you I think you get the people that are with him out, which would have to be would have to be a Gordon Hayward uh in a trade. And you know what? Maybe he goes and fits in in New York. Brooklyn or the Knicks and he just slides oh, in there. And he just becomes one of those rotation players. Uh, you know? Who knows? He could very well fit into that, I think, and not line up with the Knicks. and Or bring him to Indiana. Shh. Don't want to say it too, too no. loud. <laughs> no
1: way. No way. No way.
0: Um, no way. Let's see. Brooklyn. Brooklyn's got a – Nice look next year. They've got a lot of openings, though. Damari Carroll's a free agent. Dudley's a free agent. D'Angelo Russell, a free agent. Ed Davis, yada, yada. Hollis Jefferson. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say one of these guys is going to be a pacer. I just don't know who. <laughs> but uh, I think one of them could you be a pacer. So? When... I do. Um, I can see Kevin Pritchard and them getting some of these role players out there. I mean, Denwood, he signed a, a, a contract. He's to, He's got two more years left. But I can see a Rondell... Uh, Rondé hollis jefferson with the indiana pacers i mean he was a first round pick uh but indiana would have to make a trade i think and i think it would have to involve their draft pick um to get rid of them but if you're looking john let's look at the indiana pacers real quick while we're waiting on coach to call um Mm -hmm. you've got to get yourself another role player with victor oladipo um you know, everything I'm seeing right now is everybody's like, trade Demonis, trade Sabonis, trade Sabonis. That's your that's the big picture. Uh, we, get, right. we might as well trade him now while he's hot. I can see that. But I don't know if trading Sabonis in a draft pick is really going to get you that, that second shot maker that you need. Indiana, if you're sitting there looking and we need somebody to help play off the ball when Vic's not hitting or Vic needs a break, Right. John, the only person I see out there that's got that talent that we can actually go after and have a chance to get it's Kimball Walker. I, I, I just I keep coming my coming back to Kimball Walker
1: every time. Uh, I, I, you know he's not a he's not a big talker and he's not a big you know <sighs> he doesn't grumble or anything like that. But I coming he's gonna come he's gonna come from another small market team to come to a little bit bigger market team. Or not when, and when the Knicks and everybody else and the Clippers and the Lakers and all are wanting to come play for them and, you know what I'm saying, bright lights, bigger cities? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm for it.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I just, I look at the teams, and I look at those free agents out there, and who can go get their shot? Uh, you know, obviously Tyreek's not going to be back, and he was one of those on that second unit, and then he started a few games, but Second unit can go out there and get his shot, and you felt good that, hey, when you need a bucket, he could go get it, uh, whether it be a three or a drive to the basket. Kemba's got that same type of playmaking ability. Uh, Do we need to break the bank for him? I don't think so. I'm really nervous, and I'm going to put you in the Pacers management position here at 18. Do you, if it's out there, because he's going between 12 and 21 right now in these mock drafts, at 18, you have a chance to get Romeo Langford do you go after him,
1: Romeo Langford?
0: Romeo Langford.
1: Oh wow! You know, trade the pick.
0: You want to trade the pick? If you don't it's want bro, Romeo.
1: If it's Romeo, man, don't don't put that kind of pressure on that. That kid, that kid, underachieved at <laughs> at uh, at IU. He needs he was to hurt. be around. <laughs> yeah, IU's hurt too. He needs to be around. He needs to be around. Um, he needs to be around somewhere he can grow where there won't be a whole lot of criticism around, you know what I'm saying, what he can or can't do. You know what Atlanta? I mean?
3: Atlanta.
1: Uh, uh, that would be a good fit. That'd be a good spot for him. Atlanta, Orlando, uh, the Bobcat. I keep on calling the Bobcat. Shame on me. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what
0: so. a, I think, yeah, I agree. I can even see him down somehow with the Spurs. Let him let Pop get to him. Oh, wow. Of it.
1: Man, you that, you that, man, they'll find out if he can play or not.
0: <laughs> yeah, they find out if he
1: can
0: play or not. Uh, looking at the – gosh, darn it, I clicked the wrong thing. I was going to say looking at the latest mock draft currently right now, uh, we've got Scion still number one, John Morant. Actually, John Morant also just signed with Nike, so there's the first shoe contract to fall. Uh, Morant signed okay. to Nike. They've got R.J. Barrett with the Knicks. DeAndre Hunter to the Lakers at four. Uh, Darius Garland at six to the Phoenix Suns. A lot of people uh, are on Darius Garland. And I, I hate the fact that it still has the Pacers and with Bull Bull. We do not want Bull Bull as an no, Indiana Pacer. I'm I don't, sorry. We don't need another
1: seven not another seven-foot, one-and-a-half guy <laughs> shooting three.
0: No. <laughs> Get yourself a little bit way over at two point oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no thanks.
0: Uh Carson Edwards still at number thirty nine going to the Dallas Mavericks. So That's because uh, that's
1: because these scouts don't believe in anybody that can actually play. That's what I believe.
0: Hey, Kyle Guy. They got number fifty two right now going to uh Charlotte. Michael Jordan. Wow. Michael Jordan, Kyle Guy. Wow. wow. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I think one, John, that's very interesting. He didn't play college basketball this year due to the NCAA investigations and stuff, but Uh at 59, and I haven't seen if he was in the combine NBA combine or not, but, uh, Brian Bowen, uh, who played internationally, you know, his, he was under that, that issue with Patino and everybody down at Louisville and and whatnot and, uh, the money and all that stuff. But he played overseas, uh, right now they've got him at 89 overall grade going number 58 to the, to the Raptors. Uh, real that, that is one name that could shoot up that board, which I'm surprised he's that far back. I thought he was going to be six, seven, 200 pounds, small forward.
1: Uh, Ah, nah, they, nah, I, 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 you know, there was a lot of controversy with him and whatnot, but, uh, (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I can kind of see that. I can kind of see that's where he's kind of falling. I'm kind of shocked that he's that he's yeah that he's actually getting uh, a, a look. Really? You, you like, even think he getting a look? I, yeah, I mean, you know, I like high school. You know, high school's impressions on high school level. Like when we start talking, then or going into college. But you are talking about you know saying what a guy can do in the NBA? That's 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 too. I mean, that's a whole other. That's a whole other discussion. So uh, maybe I need to get on my – I need to go on YouTube and see what uh, (laughs) Jeff raps and the likes there. Say say about (laughs)
0: it. It was noted today that five-star recruit R.J. Hampton uh, will actually skip college and go play overseas in New Zealand. Uh, R.J. Hampton was one of the top recruits um, as well going for next year. Uh, Duke, Mm -hmm. Kansas, Kentucky – some of those big name schools that were in the running for RJ, but he's going to go over to New Zealand, make a little bit of cash, and then come back next year for the pros. Uh, you have a problem with him doing that? No, he said. No, he said, no. "I don't need college basketball." That was his direct quote. Well,
1: <laughs> no, I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, that's you know the the rules of the the rules that the NBA say. You know, what I'm saying unless you want to go through the G League process and make that amount, you know what I'm i saying, I'm, I'm sure, I'm not, this is radio, make that amount of much money, which is, I'm pointing back down towards the floor, versus what you can make over internationally, you know what I'm saying, I, I, I say empower yourself, young man, for sure. And then come back, and then, you know, you, now you've got a, a whole full tape, uh, and scouts and are look at it and see what you can do and whatnot. So... Right.
0: Yeah. Got the little bit numbers mixed up.
1: Uh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah that's what the problem Dude. is there so uh we're gonna have coach joining Hold us here momentarily one. uh yep, just yep. kind of looking at... <laughs> john that's on you jb <laughs> live radio. Radio. radio what can you say um uh, big by the way quick shout out indiana state uh indiana state made college world series uh first time i think in history maybe don't quote me on that but uh The Sycamores baseball team, who would have thought they're doing well? They're going to be playing in Nashville starting for the NCAA tournament here uh, later this week. So props to them um, on that. The Indiana Pacers, uh, Miles Turner, real quick, while we're waiting for Coach. Miles Turner, what what all are you wanting to need to see from him still uh, this, I guess, this summer? I mean, does he need to bulk up more? I mean, does I mean we thought bulking up and that would but he still shoots way too many threes. Um what do we need to expect from Miles?
1: I think we're all good. I think we're all good on all fronts <laughs> now. But what we need from Miles is more dedication uh to his mid range game for sure.
0: Okay. Um what about I mean, does he I mean he still gets pushed I, I, defensively, around in the paint.
1: defensively paint. defensively, man, he's that guy. He bulked up. He does well. Maybe I don't. You know, Brandon, maybe it's the footwork problems, uh, getting pushed around and not and not knowing how to use his leverage or not use not knowing how to use guys' leverage against them. You know, right? Uh, he's not. What we patient fans fall in love with is the stat. He's not as good as though Anthony Davis, Giannis, and or uh, Joel Embiid. He's just not. Okay, uh-huh. so we. I'm not saying we should lower our expectations, you know what I'm saying, because we all want, you know what I'm saying, the best pro- – I don't want to call them pro- – but we all want to see the best Miles turn that we can see out there. But he's always – like I said like I said in the shows pre- previous, like he's shown that he's willing to, uh, do, you know what I'm saying, push his game to another level. And, and hopefully maybe, you know what I'm saying, summer, this summer he's, he's working with, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> some big man to help him with his game. And hopefully, maybe, maybe, Dude, how come the person ain't brought in Antonio Davis?
0: <laughs> uh, I think he's employed by somebody now. I think he's working for another oh, team. Oh
1: man! Oh
0: man! You could always bring back Dale or Rick. Why like can't yeah, Rick? Rick Dev's had be, good footwork.
1: Dale's gonna be through the city. Yeah, Dale's gonna be through the city.
0: Yeah, could uh, he, be playing uh, he's in the, the big three. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I think Rick Smiths. You can easily get the the Smiths in there to work with him, at least on the footwork. Uh, yeah, I. I Miles was pissed when he didn't get announced as part of the all defensive team. He felt like he was robbed. Uh, I don't think he deserved the first team. I don't think he deserved the second team. I think, yeah, he probably should have been on the third team all defense and probably there's some incentive money there that he might've missed out on. But, uh, you know, it's, you got swept in the playoffs, my man, when it kind of mattered most right before these teams were announced too. Um, and I just think defensively, yeah, he was a good shot blocker. He blocked a lot of shots, but a defensive award also is more than just blocks. It's rebounds. And there were several games where there were uh, uh, Miles Turner only had three rebounds. Or I'd point to you and say, hey, man, he got zero rebounds from Miles Turner in the first half. What the heck? Right, uh, right. Earning a defensive award like that deserves uh, – you, you need to have more than just the blocks. It's the steals. It's the deflections. It's the rebounds. It's all those things wrapped up in one, and that's one thing. I think – and I guess the, the biggest thing and the plus out of this is that going into the next season, Miles Turner, maybe maybe this lights a fire under him. You I know? hope
1: it does. I hope it does.
0: Uh, I mean, you just got that big contract, so it's time to uh, to play it out and, and see what we got with you, so. Yep. Okay. Uh, still waiting on Coach. We were on this time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you want we didn't talk about
0: Juwan. Yeah, That's Juwan Howard or official want to wait? tomorrow. Oh, we can start it, and if Coach calls in here, we'll we'll, we'll put it on pause. Juwan Howard yep. named officially Michigan coach will be announced tomorrow, twelve o'clock noon on Big Ten Network. Uh, we talked about the recruits. I told you maybe maybe you can get some recruits in there. I had a picture of Bronny in a Michigan uniform. LeBron loves Juwan Howard. Uh, could he be there? I think Jawan will bring in some recruits. I think, uh, I think he will steal some of them that were in the state of Michigan that used to go to Izzo. I think that'll steal some. Uh-huh. I think we'll steal some from Upper Indiana. Uh, I like it. Like I said, I think twenty wins, twenty wins for that team because there was they lost a lot of firepower off that Michigan team.
1: Well, you, I might, my my views have kind of changed on on Jawan taking over the program. Okay. Uh, Good or bad? I, I'm, it, 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 let's say it's in the middle because it, 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 at first it was kind of bad. I'm like, man, like he never. This is his first job, his first, first big time program. It's Michigan. Like he never went through the coaching ranks, but he's, he's been a he's been a long time assistant, uh, albeit in the pros. Been a long time assistant, you know, in Miami, and you know, so he played long. He played forever, right? Between stops between Washington and Denver, and Miami. I know I'm forgetting about Dallas too. I, yeah. I know I know somebody else I'm forgetting. But yeah, he's he was a long time. So he's he's picked, you know, a lot of coaching brains and, and did his time and, and that and you know, the next the next step would have been, you would have thought, would have been coaching a a, a pro team. But, you know, uh all those guys still love Michigan. Lily love, you know, I mean, they're they're technically alumni. He spent three years there as a as a player. Um I just had a problem with the narrative 'Cause they was like B line, like V Line it's like it's like B line was a loser or something like that. And they were talking about he's gonna they like they the people were saying even Jay Jay Jason Williams, I call him Jason, from uh, off of the ESPN was saying that uh and, and Jalen Rose too saying they was gonna bring back the the fat five and what that meant. I'm like, man, they I mean they won games, but they didn't win that champ I mean I know B line didn't win that championship either, but it's not like Michigan has problems necessarily with recruiting. First, they don't have right. to recruit. they now they haven't dipped into the – what Calipari and what Coach K have been done doing with recruiting, or even Kansas for that matter, you know what I'm saying, in like the last uh, three or four seasons. But I think that's what the goal is with him, with bringing him on, is that they'll start dipping into that super elite, ready-for-the-NBA type of talent, so long as the one-and-done rule is in check.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I just think I think with Jawan, everybody's going to say, oh, he played in the NBA, oh, he played with LeBron. You know, let me – he the, you know, that, that Fab Five. These, these kids nowadays weren't even born when the Fab Five was going on. Uh, so they I don't think that, that factor will have anything to do with it. Yeah, does it tie up loose ends with the university? Absolutely. Uh, Jalen Rose, Chris Weber, they'll come back. They'll probably come to some practices. And, you know, working with that type of NBA talent that's been there, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's pretty cool. I think the cool factor will be at Michigan. Uh, the cool factor though does not win you games. It does not win you championships. And I, I think John Beeline from what I've read, the one reason why he also left was because he was tired of all these he'd go out and recruit these guys and it's one and done. And he'd have to start all over fresh again. Uh, and, and, and he was tired of it. And he said, you know, I'm at a different stage of my life. And John Beeline's old enough where he, you know, and he's not as old as Coach K and all them, but you know, maybe he doesn't want to go up and down the road traveling that grind of the of the recruiting. You know, right? Uh right. Personally, I think they missed out on Brandon Brantley as a head coach of Michigan. Personally, you know, I, I think they should have went with his role <laughs> uh, out there. Somebody, shout out, B.
1: Come up to the ranks. Right, right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, but uh, yeah, it's I've I've like I said, I've settled as well on the the Michigan job, and I think. Jawan can get them twenty twenty one victories in NCAA tournament berth, and that's a good start for him there. Um, obviously, none of his recruits will be in this year, I don't think. Uh, I think those right. are already kind of preset, but we'll start seeing a team the following year. Um, what what can Jawan bring in? Uh, what early commitments can he bring? I think, like I said, I think he will steal the ones from Michigan State. Uh, they used to just always go to ISO. Um, yeah, because he we'll he's, he's had
1: some one and done the last couple of seasons too So yeah,
0: it's, yeah. It's, And, it's, and, it's and I think some of
1: those Some
0: some of those guys that are good They don't want to go to Michigan State and have to sit on the bench Because Michigan State's got all these guys that, that stay All four years it seems like Or three years uh, They right. want to get good playing time and If they know hey I can just go down the road to Ann Arbor And I can instantly start Make a name for myself You know I think they'll do that
1: Instead of trying to stay <laughs> The recruiting wars of the 90s that Michigan and Michigan State have are like, you know what I'm saying? Water, like, it ain't necessarily water, but like people. Like, Mateen Cleves went to a, uh, he went to a recruiting mission uh, a visit for Michigan at one point, and like, I, something bad happened. Like, somebody, they got, they had a party, and they got into an accident, and that's why he was going to, his told you not going to Michigan, you going to Michigan. I think he was hanging out with like, I don't want to put, this, put nobody on blast, he was hanging out like Maurice Taylor that crew, that crew of Michigan, and he ended up going back. <laughs> he, 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 his folks told him, yeah, no, dude, you're going to Michigan State. So, the recruiting wars, and it, and it, it happens back and forth. You know what I'm saying? They, Michigan Michigan gets a guy from Michigan State, Michigan State gets a guy from Michigan, and so on and so forth. So, um, Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, what, that, that's what we all got to be looking for, forward to.
0: Okay. Uh, some of the Gavit, the Gavit games were announced today, the 2019 Gavit games with the Big Ten um, and the Big East uh, together uh villanova will be going to ohio state that should be a good game there uh kaylin wesson heading back to ohio state i think it's a great move for the buckeyes to get him back um he had to sit Mm -hmm. out some of those games last year you remember but when he did play they were really really good so big move for the buckeyes they'll be playing villanova uh michigan state will be going to seton hall uh creighton coming to michigan and then you got Purdue. Purdue going to Marquette again. So, Purdue and Marquette, uh, round three. This is the third time now these two teams are going to play. So, that should be good. And then the Minnesota Golden Gophers, uh, Patino's team, coming down to Hinkle, take on Butler. Minnesota and Butler. I think that one's going to be a really, really good game.
1: Minnesota and Butler. Little Pee Wee Patino. That should be. He's <laughs> He's got, his, he's got his he's got his program on the rise again, so it that should yeah. be. And about uh, yeah. Coach Jordan is, is kind of up against it this year, so he's got to he's got to get some big wins. So that should be a yeah. great game.
0: Absolutely, I think uh, I think they would do a heck of a job there. Uh, and actually, I'm gonna, I'm going to try to go to that game. I think that'd be good to see. Minnesota's got some talent coming back on the roster. Uh, right. That would be good good to see uh, coming up. So. Uh, what else we got on the old agenda this evening here? Oh, NBA Finals MVP prediction. I forgot to get that from you while we were talking NBA. Uh, who okay. you got?
1: Well, they, they, they don't give the losing team
0: or MVP <laughs> anymore. They
1: used to. Uh, but it would have been Kawhi Leonard. But uh, it's got to be Steph just because he, 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 they woke him up. And uh with, with the injury with Durant going down that kinda of woke him up too and then people, you know what I'm saying, on the idiot box, you know what I'm saying, uh uh criticizing and saying this is this is like you know, this is inflated team and this is not you know, so but he stepped up tremendously. Uh and at game six in Houston and basically all the series the whole series, the the short series that they had with against Trailblazers. Um and they, and it's not like the Trailblazers was any chumps because uh we saw their, oh, yeah. their uh their their dynamic run through the, through, through this year's playoffs. So uh, Yeah.
0: Totally agree. Um you know, one good stat line I saw, John, and it's when you get to think of it, uh we we talk about LeBron always being, you know, has went to eight straight NBA finals, whatnot. What a great run is this and just I like seeing uh what's the word I'm looking for? Trends. And mm-hmm. uh Michael Jordan. Every, every NBA Finals since Michael Jordan has either since well, that's from 99 – after Michael Jordan, so 1999 to 2019 is included. Either Steph, Kobe, or Duncan. How about that? Every that's Finals Steph, since Michael Jordan.
1: That's who. That's, that's that's those are the guys.
0: Yeah, those are the three guys from 20 years. An NBA Finals has either had Steph, Kobe, or Duncan in it.
1: Okay.
0: Man.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's shocking. <laughs>
0: I I had to look at it, and somebody posted it on Twitter. That's not my stat. I stole the stat from Twitter, but my God, uh-huh. I started looking. I'm like, holy cow. Because, uh, you know, after Jordan left, it was Duncan's runs to the finals. And then him and Kobe right. battling out for so long, getting to the finals. Right,
1: right. Co- Kobe and Shaq, right. Yep. Um. And and then Duncan again or oh, yeah yeah
0: yeah no the Heat who yeah no, yeah.
1: yeah man that's a blur yeah but yeah yeah, yeah. The, and and Dwayne Wade and the excuse
0: heat. me I'm, Dwayne Wade was in it as well excuse me I I missed okay. that line Steph Kobe Wade or Duncan one of those four has oh, always okay. been in the NBA Finals since 1999 which I think is astonishing
1: that's cool Dude, that might we might so, have to make that a, a new Rushmore <laughs> for modern yeah. basketball Rushmore.
0: I know, right? Uh, well, we'll start that. We'll start that debate one more time on Facebook. That'll that'll get everybody riled up. Uh, let's see, John. If I said I told you so, would you tell me I told you so? The NFL Players Association has threatened the NFL with a possible lockout after next season. Uh, I've said it for years now, for a year now, that the lockout will come after this collective bargaining's done. They want better more money? They want better safety. Uh, they want to limit the games, uh, which I I don't know if the NFL I can stand the NFL have another lockout. Would it, but though here's the interesting thing: it could go lockout, and guess who's sitting on the Iron Throne is the XFL and Vince
1: McMahon. No way! No way! No way! <laughs> yeah. No way! You know I I don't want the NFL lockout either. Safety, you know, at this point I don't know what other what other space age technology they could use to make the to make the to make it more safer for you for you to say I'm gonna run into you, you're gonna run into me as hard as you can. You know what I mean? But uh but uh no I, I think they just probably just want more more money from more revenue. they want it kind of I mean they they look they they see what the NBA has and they want a more a bigger for revenue split and I can't really fault them for that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well,
0: while we get here, wait for Coach. Uh, We'll go to a couple quick commercials. We'll run, and then we will be right back. Hey, guys. If you're going to bet on anything, there's one site, the Action Network. It gives you all the information you need to make a smart, intelligent investment, not only in a bet but in yourself. I love this app. I've turned my friends onto this app, and they absolutely love it. It's the Action Network. The Action Network tracks your bets on the Action Network app. You track your bets across all major sports in one place. You get school alerts specific to your action, follow your friends' action, and get a real-time notifications when I make a bet. You can see our records from the last seven days, 30 days, all time, and by sports. Not only can you see what smart people gamble on, but you can find out in their thousands and thousands of articles that die deep into the things, way more than just numbers. Why bet... Why the bet you want to make is a dumb one, or maybe it's the bet you want to back up for making the bad bet. The Action Network is a one-stop shop for gamblers. It's a gambler's paradise, guys. They can track your bets. They can tell you what bets are good. If you're currently winning the bet and what percentage probability you have to actually win the bet, you can go against the money. You can go with the shark money. You can read the sharp trends and be a better gambler. The Action Network gives you all the tools to win. So go ahead and track me and follow me. And you can get in the action, getaction.app backslash Brandon Reef to follow my bets. Go to the Action Network, download the app, be a smarter gambler, and also track the bets of yours so you can see how much money you're raking in. The Action Network, the greatest place on earth to be an informed gambler.
1: From Jamestown to Jonesville. From North Salem to South Milford. From River Forest to Grass Creek. No matter where you live in Indiana, you can enjoy high school sports coverage at its very best on the IHSAA Champions Network. Presented by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. It's
2: 35 powerhouse radio stations. Fox Sports Indiana and the
1: World Wide Web, combining their vast resources to blanket the state, the Midwest, and the world with the purest, most riveting
2: presentation of high school sports in America. From Anderson to Attica, Kendallville to Kokomo, follow the high school sports that make our state great all season long. Thank you,
3: Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance And welcome home. Okay, listen up. What's the one thing Hoosiers like more than race cars? More than Tenderloin sandwiches? I'll tell you. Basketball. But not just any brand of basketball. I'm talking about the IHSAA. I'm talking about Indiana High School Basketball This right here is pure basketball. No theatrics, no gimmicks, no hot shots. This is a fundamentals first, team-based, hustle-and-get-after-it brand of hoops. This is real-deal basketball for real-deal basketball fans like you. This is your chance to see the greatest game ever played in its purest form. The IHSAA Boys Basketball sectionals begin Tuesday in gyms across the state. Tickets are only six bucks. The chance to experience Hoosier hysteria live and in person only comes once a year. Don't miss it. The IHSAA Boys Basketball Tournament is proudly presented by the Indiana Pacers and the Indiana Fever. Absolutely, but
0: that tournament has already passed, so that's prepping you for next year for that tournament. So, Brandon Reeve, Jonathan Burt's on Crossroads Sports Radio, we are back once again uh, after that commercial break. Uh, <clears throat> I've got some technical difficulties right now with Coach, so... Uh, We may get the call. We may have to schedule it another night. But uh, real quick, I'm going to dive in. Uh, John, one thing I did see the commissioner, Adam Silver, talk about possibly is limiting the number of games uh, in the regular season, dropping it down to 65, and then having like a little in-season tournament uh, during the All-Star break um, to kind of spice things up a little bit and then have a play-in for the playoffs uh, at the end of the season instead of just doing your full 82 games it'd be like six teams playing in for one spot on each side. So it'd be, and I don't know how he would do it, but it was just something that he kind of talked about as a possibility. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. I I like tradition. I think you should just keep it the same the way you got it now with the eight teams. I'm really scared that they're going to go to a top 16 seeds overall instead of the two conferences, kind of like the NHL has done and changed their formats.
1: Hold on, Brandon. Yep. I didn't hear, you, I, didn't hear you, I didn't hear your I didn't hear your question. Okay.
0: I said the uh the NBA, uh Adam Silver, they've they floated around the idea of changing, uh having like an in season tournament during the all star break, create some oh excitement. And then they've also talked about limiting the number of games in the season down to sixty some and having a play in tournament of six to eight teams for the final oh two spots God. in the playoffs, one on each I'm side. I, I said it. I'm more of a traditionalist. I'd rather have the yeah. old tradition um, there. I didn't know what your thoughts kind of were on that.
1: Dude, you know, the, the season starts too early anyway now. Yeah, second too, week uh, in October. So, um, we should be good. But, 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 <clears> um, but, yeah, man, the season starts too early. I'm not with no middle season. Does everybody got to get a trophy now? Is that what it was? So, what, what what which one is more important? The NBA championship? Or the well,
0: trophy? I think the all star, I think the all star, they got I think they got less ratings this year. Uh, people kind of want excitement, you know, all, all of them are going down. The MLB's pass uh, all star break, the NHL, all star break, the NBA's is getting worse. Uh, and two years from now, they're here in Indianapolis. So, uh, but I think they'll be good once it comes here. Everybody wants to see all the stars. Problem is that price yeah. of a ticket may be a little too high for uh, your your basketball aficionados.
1: It might be. I I'm, I mean, I'm not for it. I'm not for no yeah. four pointers either. So yeah. I hope they don't do that either.
0: Yeah, I know. And they had a, that conference call with Silver, and he was talking, you know, a play-in tournament to try to draw the excitement, kind of like they do with the NCA tournament, and it's just like a one-and-done game, four teams for one spot. On each side, and it's like a play-in bracket style. Uh, they think it can draw more interest, uh, and, mm-hmm. and they think it could. But I don't know. I I guess like I, I would uh, probably stay away from that, and I would probably keep definitely keep tradition. So, um, right would be good there. All right, uh, we actually got our guest now. I'll so right. introduce. We've got uh, <laughs> former Louisville player, former IUPUI head coach, and current boys basketball head coach of Buff High School here in Indianapolis. Todd Howard, how are you, sir? Thank you for joining us.
4: Thank you. Great. Sorry uh, for the delay, guys. It seems like maybe the first day of
0: summer, and time got away from me a little bit, so I apologize for holding you guys up. But, yeah. No worries. No worries. So uh, you started out. Kind of talk about yourself a little bit here. We started out. You started out playing at uh, Louisville under the legendary coach, Denny Crum. Uh, Kind of talk about your playing uh, when you played there, how that was.
4: Yeah, it was a very – Great time, Louisville was coming off a run. I think of coach crumb you know first fifteen sixteen years. well, I guess I think he came to louisville in seventy one and I was a freshman in eighty nine and up until that point he had he had had one four year guy that didn't go to a final four a guy named Larry Williams out of Chicago who was a really good player and uh um so I grew up in Louisville. Uh, my father played at the University of Louisville for coach Crum on his first team okay. and um and, and really, you know, it's hard not to be, hard not to be caught up in it. But that whole time, I mean, so if you love Louisville, you definitely dislike Kentucky. But I was very fortunate, <laughs> really resonated with me here. Of, we we also got Purdue games and I got, we got um, IU games. So just about every night back then, you know, unless it was Bird Magic or Dr. J, you didn't get the NBA. So that was what you saw, <laughs> uh, you know, a couple mm. nights a week on, on your local television. And by the same token, even, the Louisville Courier-Journal covered them all just about the same. So whether it was, you know, a game or the Bob Knight Coaches Show or whatever, you know, it, it was really fun. That Louisville was, you know, a nice epicenter there. But but to play for Coach Crum, um, uh, played at the University – or I'm sorry, Louisville Ballard High School. And um, we won a state championship and, and played with some really good players um, that, you know, springboarded. Uh, just your confidence and love of the game and love of that city um and, and all those great things that go along with it and in coach Crum, you know as great as i i thought he was and admired him and all that you're still 18 or 19 and you don't know anything you know it's even it's only now or you know as you get into coaching you look back at some of the things he did or the way he thought or the way he went about things you know much like a parent and um you know, then you start to see all the ways he was right. And I just look at it as being very fortunate again, had no clue back then, but you know, he, him being one step removed of, you know, working and playing for John Wooden and uh, would always talk that way. You know, he would say, coach Wooden says one change means two, or, you know, he just, all these little, much like a Bob Knight axiom in in this part of the country. But uh, so that, that was fun. Coach Crum was somebody and, whether it's growing up watching him coach or playing for him or as graduate assistant one-year for him, without question, I never saw him raise his voice. And um, that, and it's, much less the wins and losses or the final four runs or his, his part of weaving through the fabric of college basketball. Back then, that was a golden era to me. Um, his even-keeled uh, nature and approach was second to none. So he, he's he's as good as it gets. He recently went through a stroke. He, he had a stroke about a week or so ago, but he's back home recovering and doing well and a little bit of a scare. I think he's 83 now. Um, mm-hmm. But, but uh, yeah, as a coach now and someone that loves the game and someone that loves still loves global basketball, it's hard for many days, if not a day, to go by where I don't think of them.
0: Yeah, and they okay. actually – you know, they have, I think his first year coach, Chris Mack, was there. And, uh, you know, I think they shocked a lot of the, you know, a lot of the basketball landscape this year, just how well they did with him coming there his first year uh, this past yeah. season. So.
4: Yeah, they were very fortunate to get – he can really, really coach. And um, and he showed it this year. You know, I just think uh, the, the city knows the game well enough. They knew their personnel. They didn't return a whole heck of a lot on the heels of kind of all the plethora of junk they were going through that's not hard to, you know you can put it, have a chip on your shoulder if you're really good like a you know unlv larry johnson team but that team just wasn't very good and chris can really really coach so i'm looking forward to you know following them and you know seeing what he can do and i know the city's behind them and and uh, everybody is so
1: they were very fortunate to get him yeah uh coach howard Jonathan birds on Crossroads sports um tell us about I mean, you talked I mean, you talked expansively, man, and you really hit the, hit the nail on the head when we when we when they talked about playing for Coach Crum and playing for the University of Louisville. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the old Metro Conference? It's now, it's now defunct. Can you tell us about uh, about your time and who was uh you know, who was your who was one of your who was one of Louisville's rivals during that time? I would say that's a great question. I love the two words Metro Conference.
4: Like it, it just brings <laughs> back memories of like Southern Holiday Inns, and it was just a different. In and, and where I look at Louisville's being so unique of being in the uh, my, when my father played and Junior Bridgman and you know heirs before that West so they were Missouri Valley, and then to mm-hmm. go to the Metro Conference, which just was a great whoever thought of it, you know, probably a little bit before the Big East. And I think they're so historical in nature of terms of how they built that program or that conference. But, um, so, you know, Louisville was in that and bounced around the conference USA and then go to the Big East. Now ACC, like that, 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 uh, path is unprecedented, but the Metro conference, um, Memphis state, um, and I still call it Memphis state. Um, and I'm glad Penny like brings out the Memphis state uniforms, those old, yeah. old ones that they wore. Yeah. But, um, Memphis was just a heated rivalry. I mean, they always – and Coach Crum would say, they have 15 guys from Memphis that hate Louisville, and we had guys – you know, there weren't many guys from Louisville or Kentucky. They were kind of a national program, and they didn't know what – Memphis. I knew what Memphis meant, and I definitely knew what Memphis – how they thought of Louisville and Coach Crum. I mean, they threw stuff on the court. They called us every name in the book, and it was fun. That was college basketball, but um, um, Cincinnati – South Carolina was really tough. Um, Florida State was great with those guards like Charlie Ward and Sura and Cassell and that bunch. Um, Mm -hmm. Southern Miss was really good with Clarence Weatherspoon Um, and and Tulane. Um, And Tulane... Just got a new coach. Coach Hunter was my, my boss at IEPY and and I talked to him about. It. I said, you know, I, I even looked up back in the early nineties of all those teams we just talked about: Huggins at Cincinnati and Memphis State and Denny Crum and uh, Florida State had pros beyond belief. Southern Miss had was a top twenty five team, but Tulane kind of got rolling. They finished like second, third, or fourth. A lot of years, and just because it was a tough place to play, you were going into New Orleans, and it was always a fun trip, <laughs> mind you, but, you know, you could kind of mm-hmm. lose your way a little bit and because it wasn't Memphis. It wasn't Cincinnati, and we just always handled business. We always really did a good job, I thought, of being business-like approach down there, but they are really good at home, and so, yeah, the Metro Conference, it just felt like all those cities were, you know, not deep south, but, but just a different southern mentality, uh, pace right. a little slower – everybody's super nice and, and there were some quality, cool cities to be part of. And uh, it, it was a lot of fun, a lot of great coaches and some really good players. And even through being able to coach, you know, to, to this degree, a lot of these guys are coaching as well. And uh, we, we still bump in and just love saying those words. Like you said, Metro conference. It just, it means a whole lot. <laughs> okay.
1: So uh, Brady you got another question. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. So once you left Louisville, uh you joined, I believe you came up here to IUPUI with, uh, with coach Hunter, uh, as your Correct. first coaching snap. Okay. It uh, was, tell, tell, um, tell about your time with Ron. Uh, obviously we see him on the TV and he, how he re- revitalized IUPUI. And then he was at Georgia state and, uh, obviously the awesome NCAA tournament game where, uh, RJ hit that big shot at the end.
4: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, that's, um, wanted to get into coaching, and, and as I mentioned, um, served a year f- with Coach Crum as a graduate assistant, but ironically, we'd have our spring meetings as a player, and he always talked about coaching, and I always said, no way, no how, there's no way on the earth I would ever get into coaching, because I don't want my livelihood to depend on, like, morons like myself and my roommates and teammates, <laughs> you know, it just wasn't, <laughs> wasn't what I, I saw as a path, and so um, I bumped into him one day, I was, I was working at a bank, and um, it was in the fall, and uh, I was stopping by my high school and he was there recruiting DeWan Wheat and um, who was a senior, went on to score 2000 points at Louisville, really good player. And he said, what do you think about being a graduate assistant? And I said, nah, I just don't, it's not what I want to do. It's, it's uh, he said, well, why don't you give it a try? You know, practice starts in a couple of weeks. Um, I said, what about classes? Well, we can get you into some nine week stuff and see how it goes. And um, so got through all that administratively, I guess. And, uh and, I loved it, and I had no idea. As much as I grew up being around the game, our high school program was top-notch, playing for Coach Crum, but I had no idea what the profession really meant. You know, I just, I literally probably thought they just showed up at 2.30 and got things ready and walked out on the floor, (laughs) and so he said, why don't you, you know, spend time with us in our, hey, we're having a recruiting meeting tomorrow, you need to be there. Hey, we're really deep, diving deep into Memphis State, you need to be there. So shortly, you know, quickly, my hours at the bank dwindled, 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 and um, you know spent more time in the basketball Office and I was I was over with I was done I was hooked and so long Story short even longer to Shorter but um, my girlfriend At the time was working at Ernst & Young As a CPA and her boss Was on the IEPY um, Hall of Fame and said hey they. Um, and it was just about the point Of hey this has been great we've kind of Been dating seven or eight years and um, Probably going to look to get into college coaching it's Kind of been nice to know you that was about where we Both thought things were going and then she brought this to the table and said, hey, um, IUPUI is going to Division One, and it'll be a few years, but, you know, my boss is on the board there, and they just got a new coach, and, you know, whatever, whatever, and so I talked to Louisville coaches, and they knew Ron, and said, oh, Todd, that'd be fantastic, Indianapolis is, you know, wonderful, and, oh, but you're going to Division One, and I'm gung-ho about it, and they're like, oh, no, that's... Todd you're going to get your brains beat in it's going to be miserable and you, you can't you can't start a division one program in Indiana there's no way you know rattling off you know back then Evansville was going to the term Butler wasn't even near Butler you know but um, right. was so strong Ball State was so strong much less Notre Dame Indiana Purdue and, and all that and so but I never met Ron I came up for the interview and we really connected he loved Louisville basketball and so that was a really good you know opportunity for us to share and the way Coach Crum taught and recruited And pressed and did some of those things And and he had built He had been at Wisconsin-Milwaukee taking them To Division
3: One. so he had been
4: through all that And I voiced those concerns And he said, Todd, this is Indiana There's players under every rock We'll be fine, and he was right I mean, he's that's one great thing about him When it comes to his gut and his instinct And, and you see it now, and he's going to do a whale of a job At Tulane, I know he is And uh, so that was what I loved about it was, you know, of course I think I'm going to go there and be there 18 months and then be a Duke in a year You know, And but you found a <laughs> love For building a program and working For him and doing it day After day and everything you were doing Was the first, you know, well was, We got our first Division One win or we won the League for the first time, oh, now we've Gone to the NCAA tournament, which is At that point, that was the third year Of our Division One existence and that was a Record until Florida Gulf Coast uh, Came along, but so literally building something like that, and I do think it's harder in Indiana versus, you know, the Dakotas have really kind of springboarded themselves, North and South Dakota State and even South Dakota and um but there's no competition up there. And as I mentioned just here, not only do you have all these in state schools, but the Mac raids this state, uh nationally. I don't care if you're UCLA or, or Duke, you're gonna come to Indianapolis if there's a top top player and so but that also made it fun because The high school players are so good because the high school coaching is so good. The AU scene is so good. And we used to use it in recruiting that I don't care what day of the week, year it is, there will be a front-page story about basketball in Indiana. You know, we'd travel to play in Phoenix, and the Suns would be on page four, you know. Um, (laughs) So as you guys know, Indiana is just unlike anything else when it comes to basketball. And so that really made it fun. So it wasn't like – and I learned from him. You know, he was there 16 years and had multitude of offers and opportunities, but he just wanted to keep building and building and building. And so that was fun to not – I had so many buddies that were assistants that were looking for the next job, and I wasn't. I wanted to keep building that with him, and then he got the longevity to where all of a sudden five years became 10, 15, 16, and then you're thinking, okay, he's probably going to leave, and, and I'll ascend to that position. So. Um, he was absolutely fantastic, um, a great friend, a, a wonderful mentor, and I, you, you, great you guys mentioned RJ. You guys have done a heck of a job tonight on the call, but um, seeing him parent RJ uh, just as – and he has a daughter that's the superstar of that family. She um, uh, has her doctorate from Johns Hopkins, and uh, wife's fantastic, and just a wonderful family. So to see that, I, I was able to sell, say to myself, Boy, coaching can be fun You can do it the right way You can have a family You can have work balance And, oh my gosh, you get to live in Indianapolis And so, um, (laughs) Coach Crum is definitely a a huge, huge part But I don't know if Ron trails by any regard They're probably tied just in terms of impact And and friendship and loyalty And all those great things
1: Okay Okay Okay. Uh, As as Brandon alluded to when, When we first introduced you on the call You are so the uh, head coach uh breakbush you've been there four seasons now or? this was your 5 yep Year 5 okay i'm off one mm-hmm. but uh you right. won the city you won the city conference uh two years running right correct we have yep so, yep. so back to back back to back uh champions what about what about high school basketball is a little bit different than coaching collegiately
4: yeah, I wanted to take the approach of just simply finding all the good things that are different because it's going to, you know, in the college level, some things that may be different or even I think are good, maybe aren't the best. You know, maybe maybe the, the balance of what, you know, we would have 13, 14, 15 guys on the team and what do they all think they're going to do? Go play in the NBA, you know, and that's great. <laughs> that's what got them to okay. be a great high school player and notably hopefully a really good college player but as you see I mean the draft right around the corner and you I was just looking earlier today of just all these kids that still have their name in there and there just aren't enough spots to get picked and um so to make that at that level or even make a, a living overseas uh, we had a number of guys go play overseas you know not to mention the wonderful career George Hill's having but um so you, you kind of saw maybe too much of a focus on basketball. Um, just because of the competitive nature that they were in our school and who you're playing and those things. And at the high school level, you know, you may have a freshman that's 13 or 14 years old. And so they're a good player and you can maybe see that their ceiling or what kind of potential they may have that they don't even know they have. And maybe at the college level, you're, you're probably dealing with the finished product. They may have peaked at 15 or 16, you know, or 17. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, now you still had to get them. They were going to get stronger and better and those things, but, and it was still neat, you know, because you'd start recruiting them at the college level, and they are 15, and, you know, now you're going to weddings, or they're on my staff, or, you know, you get together and, with them and their families, and that's kind of, if you coach long enough, you, you're really blessed for those kind of things, but from the high school side, I really, really like just that everything's new to them. Hi, I mean, is there anything funner than high school, you know, like with your buddies and Um, there's just so many different things. You want to play a bunch of sports and at Burbuff you can, you know, those days have kind of passed a lot of schools by, but um, you know, it's just a really wholesome environment, high school basketball period. And so I've just really enjoyed of getting our players better, you know, finding their role and their niche and their passion for what makes them tick. And then hopefully that progresses them to picking the right school, whether they play in college or don't, but, you know, maybe find themselves in a way that they hadn't thought about before and, now they pick a major that fits or a school that fits, and you know they're on the next chapter of their lives, and, and that's been really neat. But uh, on top of that, night in night out, you're playing against I think the, the nation's best high school players and, and coaches and conferences, and uh, it's really really fun. And I do think once the ball's tipped and you're in between those lines, it doesn't matter really what level. You know, if you're a competitor, it's it's it is, and you hear all the time with guys going college to the NBA or right, you know, it's it, once the ball's tipped, it's all the same. And I agree with that. I, I really do. I mm-hmm. enjoy that after a game, I'm, I'm home in my bed a couple hours later. I'm not going back to a hotel or an airport or those things. That's what I, that's what I like about it the best, <laughs> but, uh, but Burbuff's a special place and I've really enjoyed their people and administration and, uh, the kids we've had, we've been lucky to, you know, help some kids, get to some nice places to go play at Maryland and Miami of Ohio and Georgia tech and air force. And, and we've got some good young players along the way that they've seen kind of how you build a program. And, um, with the experience I, I really had at Louisville Ballard and even building something at IUPUI, I, I, I carry those lessons, uh, every day to our guys and our program and, and school to help us kind of do the best job we can do. Okay.
0: okay. Um, How did your, with the sectional realignment, how much did that affect you guys now for this coming up year with the sectional realignments?
4: You know, that's a great question. And what I've found, and,
0: you know, I've lived here,
4: I guess, 24 years. And so I feel like I have a good feel on Hoosier hysteria and all that stuff. But then you kind of get into really, you know, coaching high school. and, And my head was spinning a little bit. But then I figured out, like, well, I really think it's at the 3A level. And my point being, like, the 4A schools, you know, basketball, you have the four classes. They kind of keep those same sectional alignments, those same rivalries. Maybe they're in the same conferences. And that's probably the same at the 1A and probably the 2A. 3A is really transient in terms of school closings or uh, enrollment booms or enrollment dips. And maybe someone enrollment dips and they go down to 2A. Or there's been some schools that enrollment's really boomed like Crispus Attucks. And they all of a sudden, you know, they go from – you know, 400, 500 students to, you know, over a thousand students in in a year, you know, just with some other schools closing, Broad Ripple and Northwest and those things. And so, so my point being just at the 3A level, our sectional has changed every year. Um, And I haven't enjoyed that because the landscape's been different every year. A lot of these teams in our sectional, we don't play. We really play a 4A schedule for the most part. This year, I'm trying to you know play more sectional opponents and it's hard but um just so we have a feel you know but if you look at the the higher end for a sectionals and they're they're quite tough as, as is ours ours had you know kind of one of the highest power rankings in all classes um over the past couple of years but um th- that's just been unique because you kind of don't know what you're getting into you know um right. they change so much so ours changed again That's it, a great question it changed again and uh, I guess some days I can remember <laughs> Some days I can't but um, You know that, that bottom line and what we've Taken the approach is in March You just have to play well and we we've, we've had some years where we've we've gone on And uh, the one year we went Deep into regional final we beat The Park Tudor was number one Overall with Jaron Jackson and, and the Bryce Moore kid and uh, Rice is at Vanderbilt as a walk On and, and another kids at Western Illinois tearing it up and they they're the Number one overall team and we just played great, um, played them in the regionals and, uh, after winning sectional. And, and so, but if you don't play well, you don't win that game. And so, you know, we've just had a couple, we played some tough teams the past couple of years. Uh, we lost the addicts both years and, uh, you know, of the four or five years we've either played the state champion or the state champion's been in our sectional and, uh, you know, you just got to play well. And I think, We've been able to play well definitely in February and some years in March, you know, continue it a little bit. And some years we haven't, we just haven't, whether it's last year, we didn't shoot the ball. Well, I think we missed a lot of shots at the line and then games you lose by one, two or three, you wish you could have some of those free throws back, but that's what makes basketball great. You just, you've got to play well, doesn't matter what level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is it's an article I've seen online and, uh, We've, I've heard it when going to different games this, this past couple of years and such. There's been talk that a lot of people feel that a lot of the private schools and stuff should have their own tournament and the public mm-hmm. schools and that should have their own tournament as well. Uh, because a lot of the state finals nowadays, you are, either are the really big schools or the private schools, smaller schools that are making it to the state championships. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel like that's taken away from the old aura. What's your thoughts on that?
4: You know, I do think that, that that landscape has changed a little bit. You probably see it in football even a little bit more. Um, but I think you combine it with the fact of kids these days, it seems like they can go wherever, you know, in public, private, wherever. I mean, you see kids transfer all over the map, and uh, we usually play against the number of transfers that we play against every year shocks me. And um, <laughs> so I think you combine all that together um, – you know, it makes it different. It's going to be different where it's, uh, you know, these parents and, and student athletes alike have have a little bit more of a choice. And uh, I know um, on the private side of things, private school side of things, we see the competitiveness because there's there's never been more choices or more good choices. You know, if you want, even on the north side, I mean, just so many different options. You know, stretching from You know, university over to Guerin and us and all the way over to Cathedral and Chittard and Park Tudor. And, you know, if if you're looking for something that's not a a public school, a lot of really, really good choices. I may even miss some. But um, so Mm -hmm. what it does, I think it it makes your school itself and administration and on the athletic side of things, you're constantly trying to evolve and be the best you can be because – the market's competitive, in, in a school like ours, you know, we're about 800 every year, but we can't afford a class maybe everybody picks somewhere else. Well, that's going to be a huge, huge deal for us in terms of, of money coming in and tuition and paying teachers and all those type things that um, it makes it competitive. And so I do understand – you know, one thing I think I've seen – about the only different thing I've seen when it's, people talk about Hoosier's Stereo or the tournament, Kentucky still does – I think the best job of it. They have sixteen team, They have sixteen regions throughout the state, and all comers. It takes everybody, and you win your region. Those sweet, those sixteen go to, you know, a sweet sixteen tournament at Rupp Arena. But prior to that, the one A schools have their own state tournament because, quite frankly, you know, no different here. A one A school, you know, except for Milan, I guess, you're not going to run the gamut and run through a all for one state tournament. Um, so they have their own state tournament, like. Maybe it's early February, and, and they still get a chance to play in the other one too. Um, so I've, you know, I think those type of discussions, you know, because of the landscapes change so much, I do think you need to be aware of that. I think um, as sectional alignment is so different, and you hear about it all the time. A couple things I wish that, you know, if you could keep it together, and then when you get to uh, regional action, I wish that went to a Friday Saturday, back to when we beat Park Tudor. So we beat Park Tudor in the morning. And then, I mean, I'll be honest, that we had a really good crowd, but I bet not everybody was there because why. They're thinking, oh, ain't beating that part to their team. You know, they had pros on it. <laughs> right. you know? That kid went number four <laughs> in the draft. And so so we beat them. Now here everybody wants to come. Well, we still probably missed out on it because there are probably some kids that went in the morning and said, I, I'll go to this one because I can't go at night. I've got something else. But I think if you did it Friday night and then the winners play again Saturday night, I think the buildup of those Friday-Saturdays could be – because I would see it in recruiting. You know, you'd, you'd want to see somebody, oh, yeah. oh they won, they played. And, and I know we felt that you're worn out. It's really the only time you play those type of, you know, that kind of competition. You may play in a tournament, but it's not that kind of competition where, you know, at that point you're in the it's kind of elite eight of who else left in your class. And so you're going to play good teams. And I, I just, in Indiana where you play 20 games, 22 games, and the season is so short, I think when we won it in high school, we were thirty six and three, and you just played all the time. Wow. <laughs> you know they played in multiple tournaments, we played out of state. you did that'd be another thing. I'd like for Indiana to maybe increase the number of games and then lift the band. There's a radius from state borders of who you can play but i think in today's world you should if you want to go to hawaii to play and you can do it you should do it um i just think um, that only makes it because i'd love to see the attention of team that goes to florida or hawaii or las vegas for a tournament because i guarantee you those quality tournaments are dying to see a quote team from indiana come in there and play and if you're good enough to go play in those teams you probably got good players and you're probably a well-established program and you're going to go in there and put on a show and play, play like Indiana team should play. And I just think that would be neat. Um, that'd be, you know, but that's a great question you have there. Of uh, That would probably be cool to see. Okay. Well, if we took away, I don't know the number of private schools and, and, and the four classes of boys basketball, but okay. What if, you know, are there 32 of them and you know, play a 32 team tournament, maybe in early February or, you know, at semester break or something like that, that that'd that be another way. Is, yeah. uh, Cause I do think something needs to be a better hook and a better bite because it doesn't matter if it's basketball it doesn't matter if seven on seven football is going to blow up club volleyball. There's already the parameters of outside school based sports in terms of the hook that they have on kids. And because they play against the best competition and they get to travel and they get to do a lot of things that you don't get to do at the high school level. And so as a high school coach, you want to do all that we can to make sure we're putting the best product for our state and for our schools and for our communities and maybe the way of doing it that we did in eighty two or seventy two or fifty two probably may not be the best in two thousand twenty Okay.
1: oh okay. perfect that
0: was a great answer. I uh, loved
1: it <laughs> right Coach you the answer the time because I know uh you got you got to go and we do we appreciate you having you on. Uh, I just got one little, I just got one more question for you. Uh, what's the one word or phrase that you you think uh, uh, a former? If I run into a former player in the street and say, "Hey, man, how's coach? How's Coach Howard?" What would what, what, you think they would say
4: to me mm. about you? That's a good one. Um, and I, I've got all the time you guys need, honestly. But um, you know what you hope as a coach, but just having been able to coach at two schools, you know, for you know, one for nineteen years and one for five, um, you know, so whatever that math is and just being at two places. Mm-hmm. You hope you have an impact and an effect of someone that cares, you know, and care doesn't necessarily mean, hey, we gotta go get up three hundred shots today. Care can mean, you know, are you getting ready for your finals or hey, are you can I help you land an internship? Or, you know, how's mom and dad? Or hey, mm-hmm. her little brother's sick, you know, maybe you need to get home to take care of that um i just think coaching involves caring and that's where i I, you know we all learn from our previous coaches our parents our best teachers and those things and um i would want to be known as someone that really cares because i think when you care they know that i think kids are really smart what's that line like you can't fool dogs and kids or whatever And, and and kids want to be helped whether that's improve their jump shot or improve their ball handling or improve their, their life. And that's what coaches I think are, are charged with of, of giving that opportunity to that young man or young woman of, Hey, here's some things I think that can help you become even better than what you think. And I think you hear all the time, of sometimes coaches, not that they want it more than the kid or not that parents want it more than the kid, but it's only their experiences where they just see things a little different of, Hey, here's, here's where your extra effort and extra care. And that's one of the things I I like about Rebuff so much is it really, our motto is preparing uh, men and women for others. And being at a Jesuit institution has helped me so much in terms of coaching and parenting and all those things. But Mm -hmm. back to your question, I would hope, you know, players that I was able to connect with and recruit or, you know, coach for four years uh, throughout their time or five years in some cases, um, then be able to know because I think that's that's their quick that's their quick prejudice of does he really care or not? And I think we've all played for people or been in a classroom with somebody or been across the table for somebody and and you just know. And I think if when you do know that that person he or she cares, you're willing to go the extra mile with them. And if they don't really care, it's hard to get that investment or that same level of trust in return. So that would be my hope and goal, and that's that's why. You know, I'm looking forward to the summer of coaching with our kids, just to, so they know that not only me, but our staff and school, really, really cares about their development and and, and putting putting it all together. That's what you know. I, I always talk about basketball being the greatest game. I think all the time of um, today. I was think I, I think we've been so blessed to see like the career of Pate Manning or the career of uh, um, Gary Brackett. They never played a second together. And they're two great pillars of this community and the Colts for sure. Um, right. I watched our baseball team in post-season play the other day and they're not subbing three guys in and five guys out and making a different lineup. There's no halftime, you know, so subbing in baseball maybe relief pitcher or those things or pitch hitter, but not what subbing in your bench can do in basketball offensively and defensively, what it can do in basketball. It's not like football. And I just think it's the, makes it the greatest game. So it gives everybody a chance to, to have a role. You know, I think right now the league has LeBron James and everyone else is kind of a role player. You know, even if you're Giannis or, or, uh, or, uh Kawhi, you know, those guys have a role to play and, and basketball mm-hmm. teaches you how to do your role, accept it, you know, be cognizant of how you can help a team. And, and, and that's what makes, you know, the game so great. And, Just being able to be around it every day um, is a whole whole lot of fun, and then you combine that with doing it in Indianapolis, and it's can't be any luckier, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Final two I have, coach, and they're probably pretty easy, actually hard questions for you. Number one, (laughs) man to man defense or zone?
4: I love man to man defense. Uh, What about you guys?
0: What do you? you Oh, I love man to man. I loved playing it. Uh-huh. john you yeah. might like a little bit of zone that way you don't have to move around as much right
1: <laughs> no are oh, you talking about playing it playing it, yeah playing it at, at, at my age yes absolutely but, but man <laughs> like to yeah right right
4: right
0: yeah i uh yeah i loved playing man to man when our coach would go man to man back when i played i loved it and of course i didn't go inside the three-point line ever on offense so and he can <laughs> he'll vouch for that. Yeah. but uh yeah. I love, love man to man. A lot of coaches I see nowadays is just, they stick it out there in the zone and you know, I love some of those special zones, the one, three, one trap yep. and the, you know, those, and I love it. And yep. hopefully my, myself and John this year, we're going to get to, uh, we're going to come check out some of your games and come by the, uh, the high school, see you for practice, hopefully. And, uh, you know, we want to great. definitely follow you, follow you around this year. We, we also follow, you know, you played this year, uh, addicts, you know, Chris Hawkins, he was, uh, mm-hmm. he was on the show a couple of weeks ago with us. And, uh, yeah. uh, so a great guy there. Uh, my final yeah. one I have for you is the Warriors or the, or the Raptors who you got.
4: Boy, it's, um, you know, there's so much in play, you know, is KD going to show up? Is he going to play in this series? Is, this, this Cousins, it sounds like Cousins is a little bit closer. Um, the fact that Golden State doesn't have home court advantage, you kind of forget what that looks like. You know, So Toronto to have game one and game two is scary. It really, really is. And then you throw in the Warriors have been off, what is it, did they say nine days or even more? I, I don't know. Yeah. But um, that hadn't happened all year, you know, not since training camp have they been off that long. And so that's – for a team like that, I, I just – you know I'm not betting against Golden State. They're one of my favorite teams i really really enjoy their staff and their players but but if all of a sudden they walked out of there one one or even down o two, that wouldn't surprise me at all but i, I do think it'll be Golden State and I'll say six um, okay. but but uh they're both really playing well i thought- I thought Milwaukee going up two o and obviously with George Hill there, I just couldn't wait. I was like uh counting yeah. my chickens I'm like okay I, I you know maybe I can get to go see George in the finals and just you know right <laughs> to like a six-year-old and then all of a sudden wham they just get you know I saw where they didn't they didn't have a they had one two-game losing streak all year they didn't have a three-game losing streak nothing more than that they had one two-game losing streak then they in their year getting beat four times in a row and you know I mentioned that earlier a little bit of you just got to play well. And when you at that level, you you know you're not playing teams you can beat by playing poorly. When the further you go along, you better play about as good as you can or sometimes you got to play even better than what you're capable simply to advance, much less, you know, avoid you know the cruelty of a season ending. So, um
0: let's say Golden State in 6. How about you guys? Absolutely. I got Golden State in 5 if Durant plays, 6 if he does not. Okay. I got Golden
1: State. I got Golden State and, and fixed. Myself. Okay. Perfect.
0: There we go. Well, I told Jonathan it's USA versus Canada, so you have to pick a side.
1: <laughs> that too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well that coach, too. uh we're running short on our time, but I'd lo- you know, i love I'd have you on for another hour if I could. Uh likewise. But I want to do th- to thank you for joining us. Up. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh we'll hopefully we're gonna get you on again as it gets closer to the basketball season. That way cut talk about your team a little bit. <laughs> and uh, kind of how the, the preseason training is going and everything. Yeah,
4: let's do it. That sounds great. You guys did a wonderful job. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, All Coach. Thanks Have to a great you. evening. Okay, you too. Take care. All right, that was Coach Todd Howard for Buff High School, former Louisville player, former IUPUI coach, joining us. We've got less than five minutes. Real quick, i got to get him on. Sweet Lou, we got less than four minutes before it kicks me out. How are you? Uh-oh. I just heard the birds. Is he all out- I did was hear the birds. I heard, heard the birds. So, all right, John, we got uh lesson five. That was a great interview. Loved Coach Howard.
1: Was awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, look. Very. Like I said, I could talk to him for another hour. Uh, just pick yeah. his brain. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a chance later on this year. We'll go out and check out some of their practices and uh, kind of get yep. talk to him and, and go there. But yeah, great, uh, great time talking about Denny Crum. Uh, you know his insight as well on just you know the coaching, and uh, I, I definitely I was glad to hear his thoughts on a private tournament versus the public school tournament for the IHSA. So uh, we'll definitely mm-hmm. have coach back on again later this fall. So thank you, Coach Howard, for joining us tonight. Uh, John, any final things from you? We got, I mean, we got four minutes left. AEW, I loved it. Loved pay per view. Uh, watch out, Vince. Loved
1: it. How can you? Yeah, watch out, Vince. Till he till he figure out how to way to buy it. But AEW, AEW needs to keep the Hogans and the, I love Hulk Hogan, by the way. But they need, they need to keep the Hogans, the Nashes, the anybody who was somebody in the '80s or anybody technically who was any somebody in the '90s. Keep them away unless you unless they help you like in the back, like right out of right out of script or something like that. But don't, don't Hart. I, We got to see, eh, well, they got to see Bret Hart. Bret Hart <laughs> you got to see Bret Hart raise up the title and you know do a little speech or whatever. And he, he's always gonna have an axe to grind. But uh, it, you know, it's, people just want to see a, you know a refreshing show where the booking is smart and the outcome is smart, not like an extended like of the road to WrestleMania where we where we screw over a guy, screw over a guy, screw over a guy, screw over a guy, and then maybe he'll win at, at this pay per view. So, right. It's something like I said. It's it's, it's something fresh again. I. I I hope it lasts a long time, and like I said, it doesn't start the their the actual the season the actual uh, show doesn't start till like later on in the fall. So Vince does Vince is Vince is probably not worried so much till the show gets to going, and then maybe he gets great because like right now, man, he's got a monopoly almost almost. We talked about this in a couple other shows previous, right? Like right now, he's kind of got a right now it's kind of got a monopoly. You kind of got to go, but I, I'm I'm kind of anxious to see more. Uh, long, long-term independent guys get get a call up who haven't who haven't got a call up from WWE yet to make an appearance in AEW.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If
1: you get Black, a chance, Black, listen Black, to Black uh, I need to see him. I need to see him. He's got <laughs> to <gotta> come up. <laughs> listen to Chris
0: Jericho's podcast. Uh, John Mosley, who was Dean Ambrose, talks about on there uh, mm. his time with WWE and why he left and such. And it sounded very similar to the CM Punk reasons why uh, from his interview that he did right after he left. So. I there thought that was is one thing
1: guy. There's that. one guy, and I know we have short for time. There's one guy that I hope, if AEW has to go, take out a loan to go get, and I don't know where he's at. I don't know where he's at on his WWE contract. If they get the mind of Paul Heyman, who used to be Paulie Dangerously, and yeah. either make him a guy in the back or make him a on, you know, on you know, in front of the camera character, it'll be it'll be like, when Chris Jericho came over it'll be like when Scott Hall came over, you know what I'm saying? When WCW, you know what I mean? When Chris Jericho became the millennium guy in WWE and broke it. Well, it ain't going to never break. It's never, it's never going to break the WWE back, but you will turn the channel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, John, minute 40, any uh, final thoughts, shout outs, anything? I wish we had more time.
1: Uh, man, right. <laughs> it's a shame on me, man. I, 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 I'll be a better booker myself, man. Thanks for everybody for listening. Um, if you're on know, my friends list, Brandon's friends list, the Crossroads friends list, Three Foolish Men on Twitter, man, I, I appreciate everybody listening. And, you know, everybody knows that we take a great pride and, and uh, into putting on a great show and bringing those voices that nobody else is really necessarily talking to or those great great voices. Uh, in I, I this interview and the past interviews, man, like, just keep on listening, man. We'll, we'll keep on uh, putting on great shows. Packers Absolutely. Back, right?
0: So. I want to thank everybody for joining. Thank you to our guest, Todd Howard, for calling in. Uh, it was a great mm-hmm. interview with you. Uh, next week's show, I think we're going to be doing it next Monday night, Uh special interview next week with Peyton Stovall, former Ball State basketball oh, wow. player, also former athletic director of Lafayette. Jeff just took a role as assistant AD at Purdue. So he'll be joining us talking about his playing career and uh, just kind of what the next step with him is. So, Expecting a great interview next week with him. Until then, everybody, we'll see you guys next week.
1: Thanks for listening.
3: Crossroads Sports.